It's February, it's February 25th. It's not and I think I was the first person to write Jesus Loves You Long Time on the web. <laughs> Bullshit. February 25th, 2009, and this podcast is better than having sex while listening to a podcast. This is Idle Thumbs 20, and I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Ruckin. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a wacky phenomenon uh, generated itself on our forums, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago at this point? It's been going yeah. on for a couple weeks, and we keep meaning to bring it up, and we haven't. Um, where after our incessant fucking, I don't know, callbacks to the... Uh, it will blow you away. IGN.com thing. It was, what was that from? Was that Gears of War 2? Uh, I think it was Gears of War. Yeah. Yes. Um, our readership on the forums decided to create a thread uh, full of other possible uh, things a game might do according to IGN.com. <laughs> um, I think our second one was, <laughs> it will rape you in a hole. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot about that. that was, I think yeah. that was what started the ball rolling. Right. Because that, yeah. that was our falsified one. Yes. This game will rape you in a hole. <laughs> and so our readers uh, brilliantly decided to just make an entire goddamn thread full of this shit. Um, Jake, I think you've got the first page. So if you want to toss out some of these. This is sort of like reader mail, but early. Yeah, this is from Groucho Club, who says this game will melt its own retail box. Uh, this game is this game will curb stomp your mother, says GDF. <laughs> <laughs> he who also said this game will rape you in half and stuff you through a mailbox. <laughs> IGN.com. I love, I love that that one takes this game will rape you in a hole and just yeah. completely and turns stuff, it into something yes. horrible, like stuff you in a mailbox. Yeah. It's that sounds like something from a postal even game. Even more repulsive. Wait, what? It sounds like it's from postal. Yeah, or it really sounds right? like something you like, could do in Mad World or yeah, Postal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff uh, in a mailbox. Shit on your face. <laughs> this game is actually happening. <laughs> I like that one. Who's that? That's uh, Miffy495. Yeah. Uh, squids are technically not animals. <laughs> you know what's good about that one? That's a real fucking statement from an IGN review. I, I can't what? Remember. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It might have been v Viva Pinata or something. I can't remember the game. I'm, squids are technically else, not animals. Someone else will remember, but it was... It was, <laughs> was that like in the negative column? Like, like <laughs> that's when they subtracted a point? No, it was some game... <laughs> Replay value, yeah. Squids are not, not animals. It was something like negative it was some four. Game, it was some game, and it was like I, I, I think it might have been Vimanyad, but I can't remember. It might not have been. Anyway, some game where there are different animals, including squids, and the author was like, "You can interact with a number of different animals, including you know, I don't know, baboons, giraffes, uh, dogs, cats, squids, and then in parentheses, even though squids are technically not animals, squids are a plant or a fungus. <laughs> what the fuck did he think they were? Anyway, that got like I, I think, had like a major in like marine biology and a minor in English. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I think that actually finally at the time, a use for my at the time <laughs> our forums called that out. Uh, yeah, and so I'm, I'm glad it's returned. <laughs> this box will give you a paper cut. <laughs> uh, I enjoy that one. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite ones from well, Erky has two good ones. Erky's uh, one of them is this game will debase you. I can.com, <laughs> and then my possibly my favorite. 
You're worth it, IGN. <laughs> You're worth it. Uh, Sergi panders to like our lame asses with hooray for you, IGN.com. <laughs> that phrase is banished, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I also like El Muerte's Nostradamus didn't see this one coming, <laughs> IGN.com. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and here's another actual real one. Uh, two, two real ones, actually. Here we go. Um, Scratch says, this one is completely real. I found it on the back of the EB Games ad booklet thing for Resistance Retribution. Damn, is it awesome. I IGN.com. <laughs> Sweet. And then Letter T has another real quote. So hardcore, it will tear your face off. IGN.com. In reference to House of the Dead Overkill. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> one of the ones shit. that's so preposterous, it yeah. sounds like one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> tear your face off yeah. and stuff it in a mailbox. Curb <laughs> stomp your mother and yeah. stuff you in a mailbox. Yeah. IGN.com. Yep. So good job, readers. Thanks. Yeah, thank you Thanks. for those. Thank this you game for that. will kill you. Oh, LeChamp, do you like games? This is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> this game has level design. IGN.com from Groucho Club. Anyway, there's yeah. a whole bunch. There's fucking three pages of this <laughs> These on are the all forums. It's pretty good. Funny to me the moment that I actually pictured them in sort of an extreme font next yeah, to sort of like, with, yeah, sort like, of like a bloody girl <laughs> holding a chainsaw next to it or something. With mm -hmm. certain words larger right. than the others. Yes. Like, yeah. Someone posted this is a picture one of, of the, them. Someone posted a picture of the classic Ikaruga box art. The uh, oh yeah, our, our uh, what is it? Our um, fervent anticipation for this game increases or whatever. Anyways, yeah. mm -hmm. a classic IGN. That's sight, man. It's yeah, good job for them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, I was at Dice last week. Sweet. I, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's sort of a, ostensibly a development conference. It stands for Develop, Innovate, <laughs> uh, something, something. Uh, see, entertain, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it stands for something. Uh, anyway, it's a dice conference, it's about developing things, and, uh, it's, it's, it's really weird, because I've gone to GDC for years, um, in fact, sort of one of the reasons I became a game writer was to go to GDC for free. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you would be screened out, or would you? Yeah. I it might be real. Uh, it might be the truth. Um, anyway, yeah, um, you have to. Yeah, any game writer knows that you do it for free games, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I never did. It was always it was always, always like you sit around and play, and and around and play well, games all day. It was specifically to be to, it wasn't E three because E three I've pretty much always thought was bullshit. E three uh, is just like you're being punched in the face forever. Like yeah. you imagine the feeling <laughs> the of that. classic balls kneeing robot. Right, it is like being kneed in the balls <laughs> by a robot by a ceaseless cyborg. merciless cyborg. Um, <laughs> anyway. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I've I've been going to GDC for a long time. This is my first time at Dice. It turns out Dice is sort of like the the like elite rich douchebag version of GDC. Oh, it's like we're I mean that's, bold. that's maybe a little harsh, yeah, and it doesn't harsh. it certainly doesn't apply to everyone. So you know, to any listeners who are at Dice last week, I, I don't, it's not about you. It's, not, no, it's the other guy. Those yeah. other lame asses. Yeah. No, but seriously, wow. there, there were a lot of cool dudes. I, I did have some good conversations at, at Dice. Seriously, but like they're definitely it's definitely not like the, GD, the, like, the guys wearing a tie at the bar uh, quotient is higher at Dice. Guys than at who GDC. don't wear a bar a tie because they're they're like the hipper. Sort oh of right, cool sorry. It's guys. It's guys with you know, one too many shirt buttons unbuttoned. Exactly. Like yeah. with 
probably deliberately unkempt chest hair to like accentuate their fucking manliness. You know what I'm talking we were about? Checking like, this like, out. Those you, guys, I was I was checking it. What can I say? Yeah. Um, no, they're, they're, it's definitely this is like in a Las certain, Vegas, right? It's in Las Vegas. Like, you're yeah. sure these guys are actually like like game industry well, no, people? Yes, right? I am. Because <laughs> this sounds like because, lounge, like the, no, no, no. Because Burt Reynolds. <laughs> because just, let me tell you, this place is like, like a million. <laughs> this place is like a million miles away from the strip. You've oh, got to okay. get in a cab and Weird. go eighty dollars worth of cab ride to get to the goddamn Red Rock Casino and Hotel oh. in the middle of the desert next to the Best Buy. Uh, <laughs> it's a really nice, huge hotel, uh, but it's also no. Also, this hotel, there's no fucking signs anywhere, like to tell you where the elevators are. It's just like being in a Kubrick movie where you look down the hallway and it's just like infinity of you just, just identical. hear the air conditioner. That was yeah. a deliberate choice on the part of the designers. It was, <laughs> it was, They're leaving it open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know. It was a, kind of a poorly laid out hotel. Anyway, so Dice, it's it's you know <laughs> sweet. In case you're wondering, it's it's distinct from GDC, whereas GDC has obviously a lot of executives and a lot of, but it also has a lot of just sort of. Uh, actual people who do these sort of trenches level game development. Yeah. Um, obviously not all of the sort of low level guys can, aff- their companies are not going to send everyone to GDC. It's too expensive, but you get a pretty broad range of roles at GDC. And then, but dice is definitely more of people who make a lot more money. So you would say you could actually use the different, two different awards shows as sort of like a microcosm for the full show. <laughs> where dice you have to pay an entry fee and you're only considered <laughs> right. if, you're, if you meet certain <laughs> if criteria you're part of the academy right. right and at gdc it's basically just the games industry votes on you votes on awards yeah. that they think are cool the awards were interesting uh little big planet swept everything yeah, yeah. it was crazy it just it was just de- it demolished it was pretty pretty crazy so well done to media molecule um but yeah um there were some there were some cool talks uh, gabe newell gave a cool a good talk about valve and kind of their uh uh, philosophy, their philosophy about yeah, <laughs> their video the, games, the stuff they like, um, you know, about about treating development as a service rather than uh, sort of as the culmination in a box product that you put on the shelf and then yeah, and then get on your next development cycle. Sort of how so to talking keep about product. like DLC, <laughs> yeah, it was sort of the opposite of where the rest of the microtransactions. Right yeah, it's it, it's them talking about. It was actually pretty cool. They showed graphs of um, like Left 4 Dead sales over time. Mm-hmm. And their recent um, promotion that brought the game down to twenty five dollars, they sold more copies of the game that weekend than they did the opening yeah. uh, sales period. Like that's when crazy. the game first is that came re- out. retail and Steam, or is that just no, Steam well, numbers? Well, it's just Steam, I think. But okay. they actually had graphs also of retail numbers on a real time basis, which is really interesting because since all of Valve's retail games have Steam integrated into them, right. Valve gets real time retail sales data nearly as fast as they do. Steam-based oh, right. sales data. So it's actually pretty cool. that, And I think that's actually probably a big reason why more and more developers are now starting to do Steam integration because Valve already has all of those comprehensive back-end yeah. tools that track all that stuff and do all the graphs and the, the sort of uh, data correlation and stuff. Um, so in addition to already having built-in services for other things, um, it's just from a marketing standpoint and sort of an internal research standpoint, useful for, for developers to know how their games are selling at retail. It's kind so. of a weirdly benevolent thing. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like some companies must think Valve now has your sales data. That's sort of one of those things where when Steam first came out, developers were like, why would I put a thing on Valve's download thing? They, they're right. Valve and I'm not them. And now it's like, well, fuck, yeah, it's just uh, the good infrastructure. I might as well just do it. It makes me wonder if, if they ever will spin out Steam and do sort of a separate company just for that reason. I, yeah. I, I mean, it was a big step when, when EA finally jumped on board Steam. They were kind of the last right. the last sort of pin to, to fall into place. 
in terms of all the major. I mean, at this point, every major publisher and 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 pretty much all of the minor ones now sell games on Steam. At yep. least some games. It's pretty. I, Square Enix just announced. Yep. They're putting uh, Last Remnant on Steam, and they. I mean, they, the press release today had multiple references to going to put lots of stuff and Valve's business development director uh, Jason Holtman was like their extensive catalog going to be on Steam. I don't really know if they have any other PC games, but but you know, mm, yeah. Supreme Commander 2. <laughs> weirdly enough. Right. That, God, that's <laughs> Square Enix will put that on Steam. Yeah. Weird. Um yeah, very weird. But Oh, right. that reminds me. I played the uh last remnant demo that they released on PC today. That was the the most baffling twenty minutes I think Baffle. I have experienced in a video game in years. You want to tell us about that? Except about for maybe Noby Noby Boy, but that was in a better way. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. I don't know if I can tell you about it. It was. It was that. You'll baffling. have to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely very recognizable as a Japanese RPG, and I've certainly played plenty of Japanese RPGs, like you know, over the course of my gaming history. So it's not like I'm not familiar with their systems. But this demo had no explanation of anything, no... It just dropped you into the middle. All of a sudden, you're in the game. There's fucking characters in front of you. You talk to a dude. He's like, we better keep going to the next location. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, what? Seriously? Like, there's no... <laughs> what? So like, they just they made this demo in five minutes, basically. They just, like, chopped out a <laughs> section of the middle it, of the yeah. game, I guess? Like, <laughs> Maybe they I, thought... I, people I go to the people world, don't like, want the demo to be the two-hour tutorial, so we'll just put the, <laughs> right. the thing that happens immediately we'll edgy. after that. We'll be edgy, was, yeah. I was so confused. Chris is like, what do you do? And then I, I remember I was playing, and... Uh, I got to the world map and there's like all these fucking as soon as I go to the world map there's like four cities on the screen I can go to and then the first time I go to the world map literally the first time I see it the first thing that happens is a new city comes up and it's like new city unlocked and I'm like what seriously like this all these other easy. ones are also new to me like what are you talking about like I guess this this fifth one is also new in addition to the four um, that's, that's awesome. so I went to the new one because I'm like, like I guess... some guy's save state like like all the characters are named like you know Alfred P. Well, it specifically, <laughs> like, it <laughs> specifically tells you when you start Gym up. Actually, 3000. like <laughs> as soon as you start it up, it's like you may save game data here, but it will not apply to the final release because like, you oh, skipped okay. the first two yeah, acts exactly. of the game. <laughs> like, weird. I can't just get to fucking go to the middle of the game with my demo save. That's too bad. So I, I go to the new location, and it just it's like some fucking desert somewhere. Just no, still no context for anything. Big huge monsters wandering around. So I run into one of them, and I, I literally like physically reacted when the battle screen you know it's like the separate it's like the classic right. jrpg style screen goes all wonky right. and then you go into a right exactly you go into a separate screen and and i literally i i sort of just like jolted back in my chair and went jesus christ because the whole screen is just full of numbers and fucking charts and like buttons and like diagrams like it was the craziest so was, this, this is like the Matt Hazard component, right. RPG component. And like, like I, 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 you can, you can. It suggests to you that you can either choose like a fucking crazy number of. Th there's like real, like quick time events going on during this thing. Like it is the most insane. How exciting would it be if the retail <laughs> game opened like this? <laughs> it, it would be great. It was <laughs> this. This it's game, a weird flash forward. Yeah, this man. game defeated me. Like it, it, and the funny thing is, it, it encouraged me to not delve into its insane fucking ex uh, just 
convoluted mess of stuff because it automatically suggests to you an action for every character to do every time. It's like oh, if you're sweet. low on so health, like, it's it like gives it'll you a thousand just, charts, but it just yeah, it'll automatically point to button heal your guy with this item. And I'm like, oh, I, that actually does sound like a good idea. I guess I'll just press A. So it just resulted in me pressing A a lot <laughs> and then eventually killing dudes. And then on my third battle, I died and it just said game over and took me back to the menu screen. <laughs> and I was like, what did I just do? This was the what? most crazy. This was. Thank you for being part of our experiment. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Your, your progress yeah. has been uploaded to the yeah. Nobi, Nobi girl. <laughs> Va- Valve's back end just got a lot of psychological profiles. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Like set to Square Enix yeah. to fucking have right. a cyborg That's when you, you, you look down at your PC and see a weird sort of suction cup retract back into the case. Like, what the fuck was that? Right. Or a needle has just injected you with something and you yeah. weren't aware. I, was, I just realized I was unconscious for the last hour in some kind of crazy <laughs> trance where numbers were just sort of scrolling Try over my face. Demo. <laughs> yeah. Why so, was this the featured game? <laughs> I was I will uh if anyone wants to write in with their experiences of this demo or the full game which they may have played on the 360, I would be curious to know what the fuck this is all about. I actually um I I posted something on Twitter today that was like this demo is the most baffling game experience I've had in years. And Naked Sushi, who's written into our podcast before, replied and said, that was pretty much my experience with the the real game for four hours. So it might actually just be the most confusing game ever released. Sweet. Um, cool. you, Jake, you might be right. <laughs> it might actually just start with, time to go to the next location. I found a new city. Go there. Heal your guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like this is the opposite. Right. Like, you just you press start at the beginning, and then it just you can save your game, but it won't matter. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Do I get to yeah. uh, no? Also, it's, it it defaults to running in a window, which was really weird. Like everything about this well, game you, was you like you start seeing like, it reply to IMs and emails in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Well, yeah. that's why I mean, when you were describing that that seemingly random encounter halfway through the game, it telling you to press certain buttons, it sounds like that's like an inline tutorial system. So maybe that is actually the first encounter in the game. Well, maybe, but there's also just actual quick time events oh. where like you'd select a thing and then sometimes, I don't know why they happen sometimes and they didn't other times, it'll just come up and be like X and then you press it and it either says perfect or you missed or whatever. And then Wario. Like, <laughs> what? Jump? What the hell? Oh man, that Pink would be nose. amazing. A, J- a Japanese RPG whose battle system is WarioWare. That would be just fucking awesome. Nothing but crazy quick time yeah, events. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That. That'd be good. I'd, I'd yeah. play that too. Um, so, so this game, I don't know what to make of it. Um, did you want to wrap back and talk about Valve at all, or were you were you through with that? Oh, like what do you why, about what? Or just what the talk was about at all? I mean, we're, oh, so, can you can you yeah. give us a quick? because I, uh, I know you you were you were you felt pretty passionate about the contents of that talk. I, I at the time it's, it's worn off now. You don't care. Oh, um, well, no. I mean, they were. Ta- I mean, <laughs> it was a good talk. I mean, it was Newell talking essentially about their their philosophy of game development as a service rather than. I mean, I already said this, right. but uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it, it it it's a lot of stuff that that makes a lot of sense that you'd think other developers could be doing, yeah. but it might be difficult because sort of the key component for that to work is you still have to make a game that's fun enough that people will want to play it for months and months and months and months. Yeah. Um, that I guess is sort of the missing link that not everyone can sort of just slot into their business plan. Right, and um, also like as far as providing like free updates, like having a franchise that's actually worth doing that. You know, and not just exploiting it. You know, I mean, like having, right. you know what I mean? Because with, with Team Fortress, there's an inherent value for them. I mean, not only just promoting, you know, Steam sales in general, but also, 
you know, keeping people interested in Team Fortress. Anyway, um, actually, I was talking to somebody at, uh, at EA Black Box, a uh, producer. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about Burnout Paradise and, 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 and specifically, I was, I was, I was looking at the new, uh, Need for Speed game at the time. And, um, he, you know, we were just talking about, just one of the, and, one of the crazy, like, sim ones or? Yeah, yeah, it's the crazy sim one, uh, sim one shift. Uh-huh. It's called, um, and I was, you know, I was asking him, like, you know, what, what's the plan for 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 updates and, and things like that? And he was like, well, you know, Burnout Paradise is, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it should be the model for the industry, right? I mean, they're doing such a great job. It's it's really awesome. But uh, and then and then he sort of seemed really pessimistic about whether they would actually do that. Like whether like it seemed well, to him that, that convincing the suits that that is actually a good idea to provide well, free updates is is very difficult. That's hilarious because they also publish Valve games. I know. Like, well, he had dealt Valve with games, Valve a they lot. They published Burnout Paradise. I wish like, I could remember his name right now. They, I can't. I can't. I don't know if that works. Nah. Like, yeah. well, could you talk to the other executive at your company who's involved with those things? Like, maybe well, he was could, he, like, he he had dealt with Valve for for years. I, I can't the guy you were guy's talking name. to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, what, uh, what do you mean by dealt with them? What does that What does that mean? Oh, well, he, he just dealt with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Johnny, take the Valve back. problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was with uh, you know EA um, partners. But, oh, okay, okay. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, he was just just you know not very optimistic about whether other. Uh, I mean, I think it's it is one of one of those things that is that. for some reason sort of inexplicably hard to get people to believe is actually going to yeah, work right. because it's one of those things where you say, okay, we've we've spent money to make this. Is it advertising? Not really. Is it something people are going to pay for directly? Not really. <laughs> it's a thing that you just put out there, you know, just kind of for free for people who already gave you money. You know what? And yeah, that reminds me actually. Um, you were asking if I wanted to go back to the Valve thing. That actually. I completely forgot about that aspect of the Valve talk. Um, the way they explained why that makes so much sense is it ends up creating marketing that's much more effective yeah, than I mean, any I marketing. Think, yeah, I think it makes sense do. because it's like, not really advertising, it's not really game content, but I mean, it benefits. It's more subversive and, and, than that. It, well, yeah, not, not even that. <laughs> but I mean, it's also it, very measurable. Though. That's the yeah. thing. Like, it's not just sort of a vague, it helps the brand. Or, like, well, no, it but makes, I mean, it's, it's a very specific thing where they, I mean, at least with Steam, obviously, you can only do this if you have Steam or a Steam like service that allows you to track things that in real time. That everyone's using. Well, but I'm just saying <laughs> if EA sells stuff through their own service or if yeah. they have really reliable retail data or whatever, I'm just saying, you know, some kind of service. Yeah. Right. Steam is obviously more effective than most in that. But, they they do experiments. Valve does experiments all the time with pricing and uh, free weekends and guest passes. Like every time they do one of those, they're they're paying really close attention to it to see specifically which of them has the biggest effect on sales. So, and they they have different types of effect on sales that they can actually track. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, guest passes are really good at. They actually target those at specific people who play the game a lot because they think those are the people who are most likely to be the ones who will take responsibility for their friend enjoying the game. This is actually something I've done with my friends who are not big gamers with Left 4 Dead, and it's – I basically am doing what Valve wants me to do. Like they I, – I basically helped my friend build a computer so he could play Left 4 Dead because he likes the idea of a zombie game, but he didn't necessarily want to make that leap. I'm like, look, I'll, I'll help you put this computer together. It's I guarantee it's fun. I basically invested myself personally to make sure this guy had a good time. And Valve says they have found that to be the case when they give away guest passes. Those friends feel like when they give their friends a guest pass, right. they are taking responsibility. And they're like, all right, I have to prove to you this game is fun. So I'm going to give you this this guest pass. We're going to go together on, on matchmaking or you know on the right. 
stream online. We're going to fucking play. We're going to have the voice chat. It's going to be fun. I'm going to make sure you have a good time. When the guest pass runs out, they see an incredibly high conversion rate for those people going and actually buying the full game. And it's that's a different type of, of promotion than like a sales drop, which is more of a broad, right. can we just reinvigorate sales on a large scale? And they, they juggle these different types of things and they use it to cultivate a, a broad sort of user base. It's really interesting. Don't they – wasn't part of that he, – he said that they now have a – they hired a, a psychologist. An experimental psychologist. Experimental psychologist, psychologist yeah. to actually like try and design <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. That's, that's promotions so and – Yeah, <laughs> really it is. Is. Right. I, I always – Jake, we were talking about Valve the other day, how, how sometimes they feel like this weird just sort of – not to pun, but sort of black box. That's a sort of things come out of it. Like weird right. experiments are conducted in there. Yeah, yeah I mean that's really we were talking about on. how how for years, like other than like whatever Cliff on CounterStrike.net or whatever, the only like, the only representation of Valve that anyone had was that creepy fucking guy with the with the <laughs> Valve coming out of it. <laughs> and even that guy is comes from a stock photo they found in their office when they moved in. Really? Right. They didn't even that's create awesome. that image. It's like here's this weird shit that was lying around. Like this represents us. Right. But it's yeah. It's just you don't really hear or know anything about that company. Like I remember that's changing now though. Yeah, I know they're, they're they're drifting more into the community stuff, especially since they have these sort of Left 4 Dead blog and the Team yeah. Fortress blog. Yeah, when they yeah, have these yeah, sort yeah. of more weird sort of genre multiplayer games but for a while they were just this weird especially especially when between half-life one and half-life two <laughs> yeah when they were just sort of this silent company that it's made like, half-life yeah. and then they were working on this sort of team military simulator thing the tf right. tf2 brotherhood of arms thing and then they had they were they slowly had, like acquiring developers like acquiring the counter-strike guys yeah, it was, ca- it was like, counter-strike didn't really know what they were doing and yeah anyway it's it's weird but yeah, and then and then when they make Half Life Two, and like actually we have been weird, crazy scientists. We got this face guy <laughs> yeah. who did crazy yeah. face experiments, and yeah. now we have real faces. We hired like, a man from Lord of the Rings to make bridges explode. Like, right? What? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They hired fuck, they, the uh, one of the ways one of the things Valve does that is so fascinating to me is. I'm sure they they probably have some degree of contract work going on, but it seems like what they pretty much do is just hire people. Yeah. Like, those guys don't really do outsourcing. Like, they hired Michael Oming, who's a successful comic artist. Instead of contracting that guy to, like, do some work for the TF2 comics, they just hired him. He moved to Seattle and works at Valve now. Right. That's the... No other company in this entire industry that I know of would actually do that. Right. Except for maybe Blizzard. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's that's like the weirdest shit I've ever heard of. It but seems like if Blizzard hires you, you kind of just are going to disappear, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's really cool though that like I don't know. I've become more and more sort of. Uh, th- this is not a discussion I'm actually going to have, but irritated by sort of just rampant outsourcing everywhere. Like I feel like it's sort of not as cool as the idea, and I realize it's <laughs> it's cost effective. You know what I mean? So I understand why it does it, but. I like in game development the idea of you've got this team of team, guys right. who but sort like, of develops. If the, you're if like, you're sitting on an actual like mint or like a fucking money machine, yeah, you can afford to. You might as well you might as well just hire Michael Oming exactly. if you want a guy to draw a comic for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious. It is sometimes it does sort of sometimes feel like it is just Gabe Newell's sort of weird like foppish house of delight. It's like <laughs> yeah. I will make a comic. <laughs> Come to my magical playland. I have all the money I need. In in fifteen years, they'll be auctioning off all of his arcade cabinets, <laughs> right. like Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, this weird painting of, of Gabe Newell with his arm around There's, Peter Pan. Steve <laughs> pointed out. Did you guys see that, uh, that? That you guys saw the Michael Jackson catalog, right? Yeah. Steve pointed out to me one of the. I I, I looked through that entire catalog on f- last Friday when I was stuck at the airport out of Las Vegas, but I somehow missed. This one thing that Steve pointed out to me, which is a life-size, 
a life-size replica of Michael Jackson wearing a life-size replica of a Batman suit. <laughs> you can see his, like, hilarious Michael Jackson lips behind the cowl. It's... <laughs> Amazing. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And it was only like $200. Some fucking ironic internet nerd would pony up fucking five times that for that thing. Um, anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? I don't know. It's a good deal. Jesus. <laughs> it's a great deal. Just well, for the Batman suit alone. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you, you know some guy on, on something awful right. is going to yeah. pay way more than that. Next to some <laughs> no, you know that it is, yeah, we need pretty much office. sitting next to some guy's copy of the you. Jurassic Park pinball game in their apartment. Exactly. <laughs> I guarantee something awful forum members will end up owning multiple pieces of, of the Michael Jackson catalog and hilarious threads will be made. Yep. Anyway, um... You want to talk about some video games? Yeah, Dawn of War 2. I've been playing the shit out of that you game. You love that game. Yes. I fucking love it. I really, really do. I love it a lot. I have been... This game... Okay, so when I was at DICE, all these amazing games came out. Uh, Nobi Nobi Boy, Dawn of War 2, uh, GTA Lost and Damned. Um, and a all, bunch of other stuff. Uh, probably, uh, Street Fighter 4, which I didn't play, actually, because I'm terrible at it. Right. I like how it looks. I'll probably get it eventually, but right now there's too much other just stuff. Just to watch the attract loop? Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I mean, even Respect just see, seeing people on the internet already say it's really hard, I'm, I already know. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. like, I already suck compared to the internet. Like, you will be drilled. Like, yeah. Um, but no, Dawn of War 2. Jesus Christ. Like, as I have been playing so much Dawn of War. Um, this game. That's cool. Yeah, no, I'm really impressed. It really, really, really feels like Relic has... It's very rare these days for me to play a game and feel like I'm playing a game that doesn't already slot into a fairly clearly yeah. defined genre segment. Even if it's a hybrid, you know, an action RPG yep. or whatever, you know, like a this one has so game. many different things going on. Yeah, this game really it's, is yeah. like some kind of crazy Diablo-esque game, but completely wrapped it's in RTS presentation yeah. and input methods and the dynamics are somewhere in between. Yep. It's 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 a really new thing. cool. Yeah. More or less. I am so glad to see a developer. I mean, there there have this. been other games that have you know been that sort of, but I mean, this is the most successful. But you know what's funny about this one is that it retains elements of each of its primary influences incredibly strongly. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I mean, yeah, like exist. the Company of Heroes mechanics are clearly the yeah, you know, the Company of Heroes right. mechanics. Like they didn't just sort of borrow like yeah. bits and pieces. I mean, that's you know that's what's fascinating. It feels very evolutionary, but at the same time, it feels way more separate. From, yeah, like the from, you know the items and stuff is you know that's fucking Diablo. You yeah, know? I mean it's you know, but, it does, it does all work together, together really so, nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fascinating. Like this to me is our game design is a very vague science, but like this to me is a pretty clear cut case where it's like these designers yeah, are yeah, fucking yeah. superstars. Like, good job, guys. You, I think a lot of like you know, did some awesome shit. The more I think about it, I think that just you know the decision to have that separate menu, you know, where you you go out to the loadout menu and you've got planet there and the mm -hmm. you, you know i mean just sort of separating that i don't know in my review i was i was thinking about it and i was like it's almost like they took the the sort of uh strategic stuff you know i mean because the gameplay is very tactical i mean exactly it's, it's, it, right you know, and they took all the strategy and sort of just pulled it out and made that the menu section of it you know and no, it's it, it just feels very separate which and is, i think that which, was a really good choice because and, it, and you know that's reflective 
of real... I mean, not, not that this game is modeling any kind of reality, but I mean, that is fairly reflective right, of the do, kind you, of you real You fight the strategic. skirmish, and then you go back and think, and you right, think, what's yeah. my loadout, what squads and, I mean, do I and need that, to that part this? of the yeah. game is so important. I mean, it really that, is. It's surprisingly important. I mean, I, that, that, that was really satisfying, that, that also, those choices yeah. aren't just like, oh, I want you know this guy to have the big sword. Like, that actually you know, really can matters. make a big yeah. difference. And you know what's cool? It's a two-way street. Like, mm-hmm. those decisions you make in that screen affect what happens as you go forward into the mission, but they're also affected by things you did previously. Like right. the more strategic points you've captured, and if you have extra deployments, um, you can get even more of them, you'll be more likely to get better intel that will let yeah. you further use those that time to make better decisions about, like, for example, you get a tip as to like whether this situation will have a lot of long-range stuff or whether this situation um, will be better suited by melee guys, and that is affected by things you did previously in the mission. Yep. Um, th- it's re- and, and some of those times you don't know which one, like which decision, like for example, which point to capture, you don't know which one will end up serving you better in the long term. Like, which is, it, so there's a, a really broad array of decisions that are short-term, decisions that are long-term, um, decisions and then decisions that you just sort of make and then eventually they're they're fairly minor but they still have an effect that you didn't you couldn't really have foreseen the real thing is that there's just so many decisions to make exactly i mean you right. know if you look at a game like starcraft it's a level you play the level there are the decision is between you know do right. i build this base now or later or, you know do i build this unit well, now all or the later? decisions are the small they're, they're, yeah ones. they're all yeah. but i mean yeah after that mission yeah none of it carries nothing over. yeah Jake, you're gonna. I don't remember what I was gonna say. Well, you were saying earlier you you were sort of you hadn't played an RTS. Oh, in a while. I guess that's true. That's that that is worth talking about it a little bit. Is just that uh, I've I've only played like the first three or four days into the campaign, which is next to nothing. Yeah. Um, I just got it a couple days ago. Uh, but it's an interesting game to be playing for me because I haven't really played. I haven't played an RTS in years and years and years and mm-hmm. years. Like I mean, like probably when six forty by four eighty was really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I mean, or at I, least eight hundred by six hundred. I mean, I, I touched I touched Warcraft three really briefly, but before that, it probably really was Warcraft two, Starcraft, yeah, uh, and like maybe maybe Red Alert. Uh, so I don't really know what's new and what's not, but right. it's it's an amazingly refreshing game to be playing. After I mean, I've sort of I kind of lost interest in in RTS games, watching them sort of <clears throat> over the years become crazy Overly and or complex yeah or, crazy yeah. and or basically going to rape me and make me not enjoy them yeah and this game i don't feel like it's like it's dumbing itself down for me but it's also the sort of game that me as someone who isn't really up on what rts games are about at this point can just sit down and get a shitload of enjoyment out of yeah i mean like the just the the mechanic with the commanders and squads and the the relic cover system that's in the game it's just it's it's really cool. I find it really frustrating that people seem to think that it's just dumbed down because I feel like yeah, it's the that stuff that we were all. just talking about. Yeah, they, they've simply that... made the strategy easier to sort of comprehend and and, and yeah, but, understand but, and, and yeah. use, but it's it's not dumbed down. It's, yeah, I mean, the actual decisions just... you make are so meaningful, yeah. right? Yeah, and there are and the, it's. I mean, a lot of it has to do with with the, just the idea of it being such a different type of game. You just really are making different types of decisions mm-hmm. than you make. Like just the fact that so many. Of your choices are made during the um, the in between screens, and those are compounded in that. I mean, I think all your units will always gain experience anyway, but you gain more experience if you're in the battle, right? Right. So you, that that compounds. Right. So the more yeah. you use to choose a specific unit, you're making a long term 
sort of actually, aggregate decision there. That was one of the few things that I found a little annoying. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do there, but to me, I ended up picking the same four units, and then every now and then, I'd want my Dreadnought, but he uh, was so far oh, behind. You, you wished that they would sort of at least kind of... It, like, a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, you want them to, like, rubber band it for you, make it sort of like a baby <laughs> game? You know, that yeah. reminds me. There was actually, since we're talking about negative points, there's one really stupid thing that happened in a mission where that I was completely confused by. There's a mission where you are designed, the mission is designed such that you become overrun, but you have to get to a certain point. And I thought I was going to fail the mission. Oh, All my dudes were just now. completely overrun. I was clearly dead. And then I'm like, what the fuck? My commander is sure taking a long time to live. I've re I, I noticed he's stuck at 23 hit points, and they just hard-coded in that to make sure you complete the mission, he never goes below 23 oh, hit points. Mm. And then you just force him through the enemies to should, get I to his objective. That. That's... that's it's sort of an effective moment in a cinematic sense in that, like, it's the image of the guy battling through, but it's so transparent. Right, that's, that's, and that's like, like the, the, the uh, Half-Life 2 cutscene of uh, <laughs> of an RTS game. I don't know, where just suddenly, like, your gun is lowered, oh, right? yeah, and yeah, stuff's yeah, exactly. blowing up all over the place, right, and yeah, you can yeah. still sort of run around, but blatantly you're just inside but a scripted you, yeah, event. exactly, yeah, right. that's too bad. And it just makes you act out the scripted event, and right. I was sort of insulted by that. It was really stupid. I wonder it, how it, many people actually just managed to play that through organically and don't and don't run into the edge of that system. Or, like, if you just sucked. I, I oh. saw other people complain about it, and it seems like, unless... I mean, it's pretty goddamn hard. I would, yeah. You'd have to be a ridiculous player to get through that right. properly. But it, it, it annoyed me, because in retrospect, I realized it would have been a lot better if I just had sent all of my guys to hide, except for my commander, right. and then none of them would have died. So that was <laughs> stupid. Yeah. There's another stupid one where you basically land on the planet, and then there are just a ton of dudes immediately attacking you. And you can die, like like it's just like <laughs> yeah, right. it's like a defense mission, but there's no timer. It's just you know they just fucking yeah. go right at you and rape you. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they I don't go know. right yeah. at you and rape you. I uh, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't you know overall I, I those were pretty minor. No no that's it's incredibly I mean, minor. I, this is I think I think I, the, I, the, it's the, not. I don't mean yeah. to try to dissuade. No, 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 anyone I know. The most I could say you know is um that it does become a little repetitive later on. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. But um, you know. Do you, oh, want to, you do you want to touch on the co-op really quick? Yeah, yeah, we should. Because we we played. I mean, after right after I played the first three or four days, Chris and I replayed the first three or four days uh, co-op, which was surprisingly different. It really was. It yeah. it um when when Nick was initially describing the co-op test a few weeks ago, he was like, "Oh, well, you got four squads in single player, and then if you have co-op, you each take two of them." Right. And it's like, "Oh, that's uh, fucking lazy as shit." <laughs> yeah, but it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty neat. Yeah, it's cool because yeah. the way I play this game, I'm not like a fucking uber micro guy who you know. Was fucking three hundred actions per minute in StarCraft. You just carry and so around the big bag of guys. I've got the big bag of guys, and then when I when I get to a point where some tactics need to be fucking busted out, I'll start flanking and stuff. But usually that stuff arrives out of necessity rather than because I'm generally actually playing. Right, like, right. Probably in the way like, I should. On the actual like military board where the generals are shuffling ships around, you've just got the like shuffleboard <laughs> thing, and you're just <laughs> barreling the whole like right. like the whole bag <laughs> of monopoly yeah. pieces out. That's that's by the way that's I that um. Coincidentally, in multiplayer, I also just play orcs because I like the orcs. That works pretty well because, especially in the early in like tier one, you can literally build like fucking five squads of orcs when everyone else has like two squads. Yeah. So I just fucking send those guys as like an avalanche of dudes and just fucking start like roll over everyone. And, and then I kind of suck in like tier two, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> with I, I your can, noob scheme. Yeah. Noob by the time I get up to rush. mobs in tier three, I'm good again. But orc no, rush. but that, it, it's it's sort of a hilarious coincidental yeah. Yeah. Um, lineup. Anyway, in the co-op, co it's kind of cool because you don't you don't have to think about my micromanaging i mean you have to manage your two guys but it's 
it's interesting, especially when we were playing over a headset that you you can you can sort of there's an amount of trust that half of your squad is doing something, and it's it's, right. it's, it's interesting. It, it actually it, it create like it felt so different. Like immediately, right from square one when we started, our units were already diverging, already flanking the enemy, yeah. already sort of acting in as like a two prong assault in a way that was far more organic than anything that happened when I was playing yeah. on my own. I mean, just, and it really created a different dynamic. And just the fact that there really were two fun. cursors on screen making the guys yeah. be able to simultaneously both move yeah. out to the left and right at the same time, it, it, the game. Just it looks, it's, it plays cool. And be, because the squads are so different, like yeah. for example, when we first got the scout squad, and I happened to control the scouts, right? And you the had the guys, scouts, and then I had like, the heavy sort the of heavy minigun guys, guys. Right. Yeah. And so it actually just created unique roles for us. Yeah. That I was the guy who's going to go take out the building. You're the guy who's going to position your dudes behind cover and 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 right. suppress everyone. And it, it's just, it's really cool. It's an awesome co-op experience. <laughs> and then it did fall apart that one time when you lobbed a grenade, not knowing that I had already told my guys <laughs> to walk to that exact spot. <laughs> right. Well, that's part but, of the fun know, of yeah. co-op. You know what I mean? That's like cool. a cool thing. Yeah. Um, so Dawn of War 2, I, I've seriously, right? This game is going to be surely, you know, one of my, one of my best I can already tell one of your top goatee. I thought you were going to say surely be underappreciated, but (laughs) it will. It will be underappreciated. No, guaranteed. Which means we're going to talk about it. It's a fucking. It's a PC game, which means it's already guaranteed to be underappreciated by the gaming press. Like that's a sad reality. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that these days like make much of a splash. No, it did really a little bit more than it did. No, it's. I run into journalists all the time who just will refuse to acknowledge the PC as a gaming platform. It's pretty brazen. Anyway. We are not them. Uh, this game is fun. You should buy it. Yeah. Uh, good times. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Nobi Nobi Boy came out. Yeah, Nobi Nobi Boy. It's, it's the second of three games we might talk yeah. about for a little while. The other there. system that has a tough time uh, sometimes catching the proper recognition. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, PSN has been just punching everyone in the face with, with, yeah, awesome man. Stuff with a Jeez. flower last week and then Nobi Nobi Boy now. Um yeah, I was playing it. I played on the Earth, and then when uh, the internet collectively sort of stretched all the way to the moon levels, I was checking out some moon. Yeah, I didn't realize we, the moon had been reached. Yeah. I didn't um, play this game since the weekend. So. Yeah, no, I mean, Nobi Nobi Boy, you, everyone probably knows what it is. It's a game where you, it's by the Katamari guy. You play as this weird sort of tube man. It's dual analog control where you control his <laughs> head and man. his feet. It's a weird little worm guy Tubman. that eats stuff. Mr. Tubman. Uh, you eat things, and then it gives you more mass so you can stretch to be a bigger tube man but the the game has no real objective you just sort of goof around you just sort of goof around you it's got i mean the one thing that it does that's amazingly cool which is the the actual physics of of the crazy tube thing so you know you can you can sort of float up in the air and then tie yourself in a knot or loop around things uh, you can make uh fences and sort of pen in the npc characters who sort of have affinity or hatred of you depending on if you've been trying to eat them or if you've been walking around emitting hearts uh, so and or you know they'll ride around on you and then you can eat them off of you. It's just yeah. it's a it's yeah. a weird crazy. It's just like game. a weird tiny sandbox. It's interesting because it's a yeah. sort of sandbox game, but it's more like the it's literal. Like, there's a literal of sandbox, sandbox right. yeah, where exactly. there's like the small little yeah, it's, field. It's a square of sort of slightly rolling hills that have trees and houses on them, but they're all effectively built out of blocks. Yeah. You can yeah, you can like run into the house thing. and it falls over, and then you can tip it on on your side and sort of sneak around into it, and then wrap around it and yeah. carry it off into the clouds with you and crush things. I don't you can know. Wrap yourself around the clouds, tie clouds, use yourself as like a chain mm-hmm. to link clouds together. Just yeah. all kinds of crazy you shit. Grab onto a windmill and stretch your, yourself. your butt. Right. You can stretch yourself on a windmill until you snap in half and then your butt roams around on its own until you eat it and reclaim it. Uh, and then, yeah, there's this meta, the meta game is as you stretch the guy out longer and longer, you send them the amount of meters that you've grown up to the internet uh, where everyone who plays collective length adds together 
to stretch the Nobi Nobi girl from Earth, where the first levels are, into the moon, where now you get there and everything is slightly darker, uh, by which I mean American McGee has art directed the moon. <laughs> um, no, I, I just mean like the, no, it's the, sort of, the sort of green or desert has been replaced with sort of purple shit. Yeah, that's true. Yes. And there's guys in flying saucers. It's it's pretty good. From the director of American McGee's Alice and the producer of Nobi Nobi Boy. Oh, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's a it's yeah. a good thing, and it's it's only five goddamn dollars, which is the best. But where's the game? Yeah, hey. there is no game. Um, so <laughs> that is one of my least favorite, like rallying cries at this point in like in everything. Fucking Little Big Planet, this game, Spore, anything that isn't just like you going on a path doing a thing. Where's well, it is. The, it, it is weird game? how trained you know you can become as a gamer you know when you get into a game like this you and you, you don't find something that yeah i mean like that immediately that immediately you tells you what like, to do yeah. like you can right. find yourself becoming frustrated <laughs> whether or not you actually want like i came in this game i was like you know I Here's the linearity know. police. Kind of <laughs> right. I was thinking about that. What if Nobi Nobi Boy had an objective arrow? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Go to this jungle gym. Loop yourself around it four times. There'd be less complaining. <laughs> Carry it out to a donut cloud. Right. People would be like, like I mean, oh, okay. Would it this just, is a cute little game. Would it just keep doing that forever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember being actually really offended when I played the the Xbox spinoff of Far Cry. And like, I soon as like, like the original Far Cry, not Far Cry Two. I'm not fucking talking about Far Cry Two yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and like, you know, Far Cry was fairly um, unique, sort of open world, not open world, but like big, large scale outdoor shooter. And then the the Far Cry Instincts was you go in there and there's a big fucking blue arrow. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Go here, it's like, it's like here, version. go the there. The more guys it's in Ninja Turtle Space arcade. Basically, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. That's what people want, man. Yeah. So that's Nobi Nobi Boy. <laughs> Jake. Cool. <laughs> hey, I was playing Empire Total War. The demo. Yeah. I meant to play that and then Dawn of War destroyed my time. Yeah. I meant to play that, but then I didn't know that the demo was released or that they made this game. <laughs> it's Steam exclusive, actually. Um, yeah. Well, because well, the game is Steam exclusive. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah no, it's, it's really, really good. Um, Jake has decided to go into one of his spontaneous lives. Yeah, yeah. I, I no couldn't reason. decide if I should barf out something about exclusive demos, and then I decided, fuck that. Talk <laughs> about this game. All right. Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty solid. Uh, it just God, there's so many little details that, that that make a Total War game just mind blowing to me. Like just stupid things, like like now the guys, you know, when they're marching in columns, like they're just slightly like off. Like some guys are walking on their right foot now, and it. It's a stupid oh, detail, awesome. but it looks like so much more realistic now. Um, and as a history geek, it just makes me really happy. But um, gameplay-wise, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It reminds me of uh, Sid Meier's Gettysburg, um, kind of. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, of the classic game that we've all yes. played. Well, anybody who's played that game, it reminds me of that game, and you'll be happy if you played that game as well. Good, yeah, sweet. And so. also, I hate Total War fans who don't. Uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I I, I went on the, the on the Total War forums and was very sad that people, you know, who clearly this game is meant for, were bashing it out of hand because it, of strange, stupid historical inaccuracies. And uh, like what? I just want them all to die. Um, I don't know. Just like you I know. can't believe they put laser guns into Empire Total War. <laughs> you sons of bitches! Yeah, they didn't have those. <laughs> it's 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 just the most minor, inane details. Like that, what? I, I I I didn't I. I 
Like, I, I didn't. It's Rome Total War with guns. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, there were people. A lot of people saying that. You know, they just. You know, they just. They just put guns on top of it, and there's so much more to it than that. I mean, this. They, they did a really good job. Yeah, the guys march out of step this time. Yeah. Well, all right. You want me to get into this, Rodkin? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, Brecken and Rodkin throw down. I I, I really appreciate the thumbs. Total the, the, War. You know what? I was really excited for the sea battles, but the land battles did surprise me. They they added a lot of good stuff. The um the the fact now that you can that there's like each unit because you know everybody has guns now you're in an era with guns that you can switch from melee to ranged combat it sort of adds an extra depth there and I really appreciate it and the, and it just it all works really well and I think you should check out the demo I'll be playing the full game and probably have a lot more to say about it next week Sweet. cool it's break time time to take a break Video game. oh no this was confirmed actually well, he he did an interview like yesterday where he's oh, really? like I'm totally doing it yeah. Ah! Yeah, he's gonna have a walk-on for a day in Sylvester Stallone's new movie, which is just like '80s action star yeah, reunion town. Uh, so it's gonna feature Schwarzenegger. I mean, there was a rumor that he was gonna be Governor Schwarzenegger, but I think he's just gonna be hardcore blow-up guy. Dude. Yeah, he's just gonna show up as Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor, for a day. Like he's taking a break from being the governor. I can't decide which I'd rather see, like him as a cameo as right, the governor yeah, of California, true. or true. his as a cameo as his former self. Well, like, like the thing is, if he was, they're a, both hilarious. If he was a, as a cameo as the governor. It would be kind of it would be kind of a waste if you're gonna actually I guess do that's Sylvester Stallone yeah. movie, unless he was the governor and also blew shit up. But he probably can't do that. Yeah, he probably can't but if represent like, his I'm office that way. He's <laughs> 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 like suit torn off and he's just basically got the Conan costume on underneath. The funny thing is the way he said that was a very accurate. Like I'm the governor. Like <laughs> right. you know what it's not as Arnold says lines. He just accuracy. can't. Like, he, he can't wait to yeah, get yeah, off yeah. to like right. the next thing. Like he just rushes right through it so he can fucking get to the ass kicking. It's hilarious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then there's yeah. <laughs> So if, if that was his line, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm the governor. <laughs> Shirt torn. For some reason, instead of picturing the Conan costume, I'm picturing the He-Man costume. Where he like right. tears it off, and there's like the medallion yeah. seal and the like. Can see the five-point safety harness thing. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if pressing like, that thing in the middle of He-Man's costume would release all like a buzz, <laughs> like a parachute. Well, no, or just like like the quick like the quick release race car harness where the seatbelts yeah. just snap off, or, or right. that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. know. He Maybe it's equipped with uh, a hyperglide uh, PTFE feet, ensuring slow, low friction movement. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, this is idle thought. I'm the governor. <laughs> I'm the governor. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Video game. Played the Hawks say. demo. <laughs> what? The Hawks? The Hawks demo. Oh, yeah. What piece of shit. Wow. What was shitty about it? It's just I I don't know I've never been a fan of like Ace Combat, so I mean just, <laughs> I don't know I hate these games. <laughs> I, I played this I, demo. It was also well, bad. You know, I used to play Flight Sims like like um like Flight like Simulator. Like those old like FA eighteen fucking oh, God. Who used to make those? Like some weird company that no longer makes games, but they used to make like hardcore. A lot Sims. of companies used to make those. Like yeah, I mean, well, Jane, weird, there like, was Janes and stuff. Microprose but I mean, made those. Micro like yeah. uh, yeah. Arts made some. Fucking, um, I guess those were more combat games. Yeah. Looking Glass used to make yeah. crazy Sims and stuff. Like a lot of important PC developers used to make flight Sims because people played yeah. them. It's because it yeah. was a genre. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. real thing. It used people to be did. A thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, do, fun, people, do people just play X Plane? Or alternatively, Ace Combat. I mean, you know what I saw yesterday. Those are so different. I know, but I mean, it feels like flight sims at one point were a broader genre than. I, was gonna, I mean, I was going to say like, also like a flight combat game probably still included more weird cockpit shit. Oh yeah. Than a game like Ace Combat does. Well, there was the whole spectrum, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, now they're trying. Ace to do Combat both, goes back a long way. I guess that's like, true. It goes back to PlayStation One. Yeah, but I mean. 
PlayStation One does not go back to like EGA PC games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but that whole genre of flight sims existed all through the nineties. Like Falcon Four Point was like ninety eight. Okay, yeah. people still play that a lot. Actually. Yeah. Also, Falcon Three Point was like nineteen eighty six or something. <laughs> really? How do you have there like that? There was a big span much? between yeah the one. Point I remember. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> were there were there point releases? I, I guess Falcon Three Point Six. Yeah, Falcon Three Point Two Seven. R4. That actually reminds me. Someone sent us an email about this topic, weirdly enough. About really? Falcon 3.86. Uh, oh, so the, so the, le- the, the lesson to be learned from Hawks is that it sucks? Is that... Well, it's you- just... I don't know. Like, you, you, you know, it's it's this, it's like Red Baron for, like, the SNES. You, you hold the stick until you line up with the dude, and then you press a button. Red Baron was the first computer game I ever played. Really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, I used to play that. I'm yeah. like a an, uh, Hercules graphics, like, crazy... Orange monitor oh, okay, at my, so at my dad's like uh, at my dad's office. Yeah, it was that in some game where like you were a donkey who was jumping over vlogs. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two games that he had on his work PC in the early or mid eighties. Hawks cool. sponsored the entire hotel that Dice was set in. Really, like every key card, even people who weren't at Dice, every room key card looked like a fucking I don't know, like an army, like a fucking goofy future Air Force identification card. Was there like mm-hmm. a voice that they also put into all the doors? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if I have one in my wallet. Identification declined. What? Oh, shit. Gas. <laughs> no, I don't Some know. Not that people can hear it or see it. <laughs> yeah, right. They can hear the crazy voice. Hawks. <laughs> that, that, that name is something that's just so... Like, you just yes. know that game. Fucking high altitude, fucking wing extreme. I don't know what the fuck it stands for. I'm pretty sure it's wing extreme. <laughs> Winging extreme. <laughs> the X, I... I remember seeing that the X literally doesn't stand for anything. Press X like to wing it. The X actually <laughs> enter wing mode. The X what? is literally just like it's an extra Hawks letter. Rush twenty forty nine. Yeah, yeah. No, but they did just add on the X just for the X. Otherwise, it would be haw. Haw. This buck tooth guy. Tom yeah. Clancy's haw. <laughs> Old man Clancy. Yeah. <laughs> right. it, it comes yeah. with a piece of straw to put in your mouth when yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah, the hoedown minigame. Yeah. Oh. So basically, it's just super simplistic. The, the aerial square dancing was cut. Yeah. Stay in formation. I don't know. Just nothing about it feels like cool. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but the it's X! Not, it's got the it's fucking like, X! Like down to like the weapons noises and, and stuff. You know I mean? If you're going to go arcade, at least make everything sound like a giant fucking missile. You know what I mean? It's just like, pew! Yeah, the rubber band that. gun might not yeah. have been the best Foley source for that. Yeah, uh, just nothing really. Yeah. That's too bad. So we got an email, and it's funny that you bring that up because it is really about the exact topic. Because this guy, saying. I love the weapon sounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Idle Thumbs, I was playing Hawks. Let me say that game was sweet. No, uh, <laughs> Brett writes, "Dear Idle Thumbs, are we too jaded to play simulators anymore?" Remember when it used to just be mind-blowing enough to know you were flying an A-10, an A-10 tank killer? Who cared if you actually killed any tanks? Now gaming is all about flow theory and keeping players reaching for the next carrot on the stick. Reading through World of Warcraft's patch notes over the last so many years is like a history in this shift of thinking. Many of the tweaks Blizzard has done to the game have been changing out what they thought uh, would be that type of fun with more efficient fun. The epitome of this is Blizzard's recent decision to remove the need for ammunition from Hunters. Think about what excited people about Spore before it came out. Will Wright was basically going to achieve his masterwork, simulating an entire planet. 
uh, or universe, I guess. What we got, though, was a bunch of typical, safe, engaging game types put under one roof. A popular theory about where Spore went wrong is that it was too ambitious. I can't help but wonder if the real problem was that the Spore team realized no one actually wants to play a simulator anymore, that no one had the time or imagination to, join, to enjoy something like that these days. Um, for example, Microsoft Flight Simulator team dissolved and the mockery around NASA's MMO. I don't know the story behind that. Do you guys know? Uh the NASA MMO thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember all the details, but I, I remember them. That's not helpful at all. You want to fill us in on that? <laughs> yeah, you remember no. it. That's nice, Nick. I remember it. Well, could you fucking say? <laughs> no, I can't really. <laughs> I hate, you're a horrible person. <laughs> There's no, like, Wait, one seriously? sentence. Like, one this sentence. isn't a joke? You're yeah, not no, I just, I just remember that NASA was doing it, and then something happened, and now they're not. Yeah. It was apparently a laughing stock or something. <laughs> I guess was it? it was. Well, I mean, that's the implication I get. Maybe they the loved email. science too much. Anyway, he would, Brett would like to know our opinions on this. I, I think totally, it's a really I, good point. Yeah, I love this guy. I totally agree. I mean, like, just talking, like, Flight Sims, or, like that FA-18 game, I used to just sort of load it up and fly around Hawaii and just do random shit. And it was cool because it was like, you know, it was a simulator. Like, you know, everything was accurate and I would just sort of make up my own goals and just kind of, like, fly around and do crap. And now that game would be like an Ace Combat thing. It would start with a cutscene and make me, like, go from point to point and do all that, you know, stuff that, you know might not necessarily be as fun as just making up my own kind of game in my head. Which is why I kind of like the, like the Total War series. I mean, for me, that game gives you, you know, a map and, you know, a set of things that you can do and, you know, battles and stuff. But it's really sort of about creating your own kind of story and empire and thing. You know, I mean, it's just it's more of an open system approach. To yeah. Strategy. I mean, you know, as much as I fucking talk about it all the time, that's what I like about Far Cry 2, like for all its flaws. Yeah. I like that oh, it's the Cry shooter too. equivalent of that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're in this fucking place. Fucking kills these dudes however you want. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think that there there is like a really broad trend to be to be uh, observed here. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was – it reminds me of – Jake, you were talking before we started recording the podcast about some of the reaction to Noby Noby Boy. Uh -huh. uh, like, to me, that it, – it's very – I mean, Noby Noby Boy is by no means a simulation of anything, but it's the same thing where it's like – if you enjoy this, it's because you just enjoy the shit the game allows you to do. Right, you enjoy you just screwing do. with the mechanics that they give right. you to play with. Yeah, it's not because like, you're trying to you, complete right, the fucking You, you story. enjoy steering the Nobi Nobi boy around and tying him in knots and eating guys, kind of like you might enjoy flying around Hawaii or just the experience of being in a plane. Right. Yeah. And like easily the most common criticism I've seen of Nobi Nobi boy is, well, what's the fucking point? And it's like, well, I don't know how to just goof around. Like that doesn't. It's not. I don't mean to say that all games should be that or that every game should be right. simulating something. Mm -hmm. Of course not. Like. I love Valve games, you know, it's like as far away from that as you can get. But I, I do think that there is an unfortunate trend just completely that is basically just completely demolishing or discarding that entire. I mean, do you think that that, that is because either designers or someone else in the in the chain of, of games just feels that they don't they just don't trust the, the sort of potency of their core mechanics enough to be engaging? Or is it just people don't actually want a game? Well, I think, yeah. I think, I don't know. I think probably part of it was just we, when certain, uh, types of genres and, and trends started, uh, hitting upon, like, oh, you can release God of War or whatever, and it literally is just shepherding you down a twisty corridor and right. then even telling you what button to press. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's quite a, it's crazy to think about that so many games now literally just put a big X on the screen and say, press this now, and then you press it, and right. that's the video game. Like, that's fine. Like, if you make it fun, whatever. Make your game whatever you want. But, like, that is kind of a 
crazy thing. Like, I don't know if I would have. Well, it's Dragon's Lair. Believe, yeah, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's true. I never played that. Like, that's, so I, yeah. no, it's fair enough. I just say, I was going to say, like. I'm not saying that's a good thing. No, no, no. But, like, yeah, like 15 years ago, <laughs> like, I, it would have been crazy to me if you had said that's, like, I would have imagined games get, definitely going in the opposite direction. Like, right. as a kid playing PC games, I would have thought it was really hilarious. It's like, Man, you you wouldn't believe games are going to look crazy in 15 years. They're going to be so realistic. And basically, what you're going to do when you play is it's going to show you a button and then you press it. I think, I think, uh, that's the opposite of what I want. I feel like, on the other hand, if someone tried to make that in 1995, it would be impressive for the exact same reason that, that it's impressive now, which is when the content is so, uh, like authored and the experience is so, is so finely, like, controlled. That's the reason that those games can be so crazily fucking showy. But is there? But I mean, and I think that that's that's. I, I'm not saying that, I don't know. I don't have anywhere to go true, with that. But I, don't but think, I mean, I don't. I think I think part of it is a byproduct of being able to produce images that are so amazing that they can stand up enough on their own to make that a worthwhile thing to do. Like I, I guess that's true. I mean, I think yeah. that that is. There's definitely a pretty tangible part of it that is that. I mean, it, I, I, I will. I mean, even as someone who's not super into that style of gameplay, like it's certainly, I would certainly be a lot happier to play it if it was accompanied by something really engaging and cool, rather than just literally doing it for the okay. sake of pressing those. I buttons. mean, do you think? Do you think that, that then it is a fair argument that it's because we're still technical, technologically at a point where you can't have both? I think you can't. Why couldn't you have both? I mean, that you can't have the the really high sort of fidelity and sort of crazy extremely visual immersive nature of a game like like god of war with the sort of amount of agency and interactivity and you know it's just harder to have i mean, I mean it's, it's, it, I, that's what i mean i mean it's it's, it, it's, it'd be it's riskier it'd be more expensive, it's obviously right? technologically I mean, feasible but it's not it's not affordably feasible to have both unless you're unless you're taking a humongous fucking risk with your I game. I think it was, yeah, it's possibly. But I, I think it's I think risk factor is you know maybe at the core of that. And also, I think you know, I mean, he, the guy brought up a good example, Warcraft. I mean, looking at something like Eve, you know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, the potential of fun in Eve. I mean, you can get so into that game; it can be incredibly you know fun to play that game. Probably more so than Warcraft. I mean, but the amount of people that actually hit that upper limit i mean the amount of investment that it takes and, and the amount of yeah, like time and, and knowledge and you know oh, yeah. eve is I not mean, gonna hold your hand no and show you the all. good parts i mean it's like <laughs> it's like the you know complete opposite example of how you could design an mmo but i mean in terms of looking at an audience and, and saying you know is it easier and more efficient to develop a game that you know holds your hand a bit more yeah i mean it obviously it is so but uh, yeah but i don't think looking but at I, the bottom line it's kind of hard to make the argument well no that's definitely true but i think that has more to do i think that has less to do with sort of can you do both at the same time and more to do like I think people will make the finances work if they determine one of them is more in demand than the other. I think it is a lot of it is just for a lot of just people. A trend, yeah, video games yeah. just like a, a lot of what people like about video games sometimes is just I want to be able to sit on my couch and just sort of have a thing where I'm just sort of putting in you know like whatever amount of effort the game right. demands and then I get back that paid back fucking a hundredfold. You know what I mean? Like right. I. As a like, as opposed to there being a one to one relationship of I get back what I put in, it's I get back some, get put in something, then get back something a billion times more insane than what I did because some crazy designer sat around and thought of the absolute most insane, ridiculous like right. I will swing around on the fucking earlobe of a mountain tall fucking giant and stab my sword into his brain or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's never gonna happen in 
anything. Like well, I, think I guess Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, I think that this, this is it? sort of splitting into two slightly different things. Because what you're talking about with WoW and what you're talking about with God of War are a little bit different, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think it's part. Of, I think it's part of the same overall sort of thread, which well, is you you sort of hand holding and, yeah, and yeah, showing yeah, you the good you parts without make, you. Yeah, you don't have right. to. Yeah. Would an example of a game with those bowls and well be Grand Theft Auto? I think Grand Theft Auto is a great example of one. Yeah, of I mean, I mean, and yeah, paid off for them. Yeah, I mean, how, it, how many you know how many companies are going to look at that and say you know? Well, a lot of companies, like a lot of companies are going to look at it and say we can do that, but they're going to well, they're going to screw it up. Very hard. Yeah, I mean that is that is a game where you as the player have to. Yeah, go everywhere. <laughs> it's also one where they sort of built two games into the same thing. Like yeah. there is the game where you're just in the city. You play it from then scene there's to the game, then right? There's the game where then you can there's just yeah, exactly yeah. right. But, I mean, I think like, a lot of people in that game, it's sort of it's sort of a safe enough environment for people who aren't used to sort of forging their own path that people will do both. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, that, that's I think that's also right, that's no, extremely yeah. rare, right? But it's 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 I'd be curious to see a game that really genuinely fuses those two in an interesting way i don't even know if that if that maybe that might be mutually mutually exclusive i don't know but I, I i do have to say that while i don't i think it's perfectly fine that there are so many games like what the writer describes and like we've been talking about like i think it's totally fine that those are there um i do think it's unfortunate that it that trend does seem to have come pretty clearly at the expense of mm-hmm. the other the other side like i don't right, think it's yeah. an issue of oh there's more of those games but there's still it's just parallel i, I really think that that the one has has had a a pretty marked, you know, decrease upon the other. I, I, yeah, I, I think that like most anything, if gaming as a medium sticks around long enough, that the pendulum is either going to swing the other way or the quantity of of other games is going to grow. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably more optimistic than you are about that stuff because <laughs> you you like being depressed by that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't know. No, I, 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 I would say I'm. You know, optimistic as well. I mean, I think I think a lot of that is you know just a trend, and it's something you know people went, oh, you can do this with a game, and you know we're sort of in that right cycle right now, and maybe right. I mean, I think that that's people, not- I think people will look at games like Far Cry Two, and you know, a couple years down the line, maybe kind of improve on that, and maybe there'll be some game that kind of is a catalyst for more games that you know might follow that example. Yeah, as much as I would like Far Cry Two to be that, I don't think it really achieved that. You know? No, 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 not at all. But, but I, I, I think like if Far there Cry was a game for, that that yeah, sort of, like you know, adopted those principles it and, and yeah. it was wildly successful, like right. Grand Theft Auto is, I think people would look at it and be like, "Hey, yeah, know, yeah, yeah." Well, I mean, I'm hoping that whatever Grand Theft Auto is maybe even that for Far Cry. But. I'm hoping whatever that whatever the Far Cry Two team is working on, be it Far Cry Three or anything else. Yeah, I, you know, I hope that they they t- they learn lessons from that and then make something. But I, I, you know, I recognize fully that Far Cry Two is is a flawed game for sure. But you know, I do like a lot of the things it tried to do and did do in some cases. I just sort of meant in general. I think that games where exploration of the systems is a point that people will buy the game for on the more mass market is going to be something that would that would gain gain prominence Naturally, over time yeah, again yeah. Sort of no, no, with. All the people that have sort of been kicked into gaming by the last generation or two of consoles. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder. I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true in other forms, other non-gaming forms. You know what I mean? I think probably what most people like out of entertainment probably isn't like a super challenging thing that forces them to make a lot of critical decisions. And I guess that's true. I mean, I don't really. That's not generally successful anywhere. That. That's that's fair enough, but uh, <laughs> Mr. Depressing, this, this discussion is going to generally go nowhere. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to say. True. Maybe that's we true. should talk about Grand Theft Auto while we're on the. Yeah, topic. good point. 
Uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, they released a cool expansion. Yeah. It's awesome. I like that I can refer to it as an actual expansion and not right. sort of not increasingly irritating word DLC. Yeah. yeah. They've been referring to it as an episode. Oops. Yeah, well, whatever. It's I don't know. I know. Sure. It's an expansion to me. <laughs> it's an expansion. Yeah, yeah. episode's fine. It I just expands. like not having to call it a DLC. Okay. Because DLC has all those weird connotations, but this is a full-on horse armor. So it's horse armor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Car armor. Uh, it's a full-on story, and they even included like a multi, like a really cool co-op multiplayer mode that I like a lot. Several modes, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Though I've only played one of them so far. Um, the only one worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you guys played any of the multiplayer stuff? Yeah. 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 Which ones did you play? Uh, pretty much all of them, I think. But what, what's the one you're referring to? Uh, the one I'm referring to is... I don't know how many players can be in it. I was in it with one other guy, uh, Steve, actually. And uh, oh, is this the procedural mission generator? Yeah, thing? exactly. Oh, like yeah, it's just yeah. you're in it, and then you get calls on your cell phone, and the two of you have to go complete a mission. You have to bring a bring a dude somewhere, pick someone up, or go kill some dudes, or steal something. Or yeah, it sounds like a whole ton of stuff, and you just keep they just daisy chain them on. It sounds like it works like the firefighting or vigilante police or taxi mechanic from the previous GTA games, but with actual yeah. sort of like main main plot style objectives right. instead, and of, with more varied yeah tasks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, I was I was talking to Steve about that, and I was thinking, why haven't they done that before? It's like, oh, they actually have, but it's always been <laughs> right. specific segmented yeah. things for all those sort of novelty vehicles. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, have you guys? Have either of you guys actually played much of the Lost and Down? I haven't played it yet. I've played maybe two hours, and I got stuck on a mission and sort of got frustrated. Mm. And I'm trying to do it to where, like, you know, I, I just put the controller down and come back to it later so I don't just never come back to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You're pacing yourself. If I, if, I, if I actually fail ten times in a row instead of five times in a row, <laughs> right. I'll probably never come back to that yeah. thing. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, was, I was just – I think you were saying something about this, but I was uh, sort of – you know, after not playing GTA for, you know, a year or whatever – just really impressed by the presentation. I mean, like the the, the cutscenes just sort of blew me away. The uh, you know lip syncing and everything. I mean, it's just and the voice acting, especially um, God Billy. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I have to say, I think that the writing in this is fucking great. Like, yeah, it is so goddamn good. It it's, is it's so, so natural. It's, it's just better so much than more the natural than the first GTA Four, which is already yeah. better than yeah, yeah, yeah. you know your average video game writing. Yeah, that's good. It's nice that the GTA writing has been going up from sort yeah. of yeah. A, a horrible parody of something that tries to be cool to actually engaging. Yeah. I mean, I was at the I was at the uh, AIAS awards at Dice, and you know all the fucking no I don't even remember who the nominees for writing were. Like every it was just oh by the way uh, it was crazy at the uh, at those awards at Dice GTA Four didn't win a single award. Hmm. It was probably the first time a sort of GTA Three derivative game, you know, it's a game in that sort of mold has been released and not won anything at a major industry award show. Pretty crazy, I thought. Too early in the year. It's, it's yeah, the Oscar, We're going to have the Oscar effect now. Everybody's yeah. going to release their games in November just for the awards. Exactly. Yeah, we, when people they, actually care about it. They already fucking release everything in November. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Uh, G, yeah, but anyway, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's um, weird. GTA 4 was, like, it was dropped surprisingly quickly from sort of the public consciousness. It yeah. really was, and I think it's un unfair a little bit. Because I really, I mean, I don't know. I thought that game was, especially coming back to it for Lost and Damned, it's like, god damn, the city they created for this game. Yeah. This is this is, is some amazing great, yeah. shit. Like, this is something that I have never, ever felt this way in a video game city, ever. I mean, yeah. it really feels like I'm in this weird sort of simulacrum of New York, and like, this is a, this is what this place is. And like, when I came yeah. back to it for Lost and Damned, it was mind-blowing. Like, I was recognizing little intersections, mm -hmm. areas were familiar to me. Right. It was like, literally, 
I'm just visiting Liberty City again, and now I'm just doing different stuff there. It was a re I've never, ever felt that way going back to a video game before. It was a very specific sensation they created, and it was the exact same – exact one that they intended to create. It's, oh, you're in this city. It's just right. – they nailed it so incredibly well, and the, and the writing is just so goddamn good. Billy yeah. in particular, like – You know what's weird? Just – so can you it. tell me about Billy as someone who hasn't been oh, playing Billy, this expansion? Yeah, Billy's the uh, the president of yeah. the motorcycle club. Okay, yeah. And he's ba he, he got out of uh, rehab recently. And he basically, I really like the structure they took with the story here. Like, as GTA 4 was, um, I mean, the GTA games have always been about sort of satire of America in sort of yeah. increasingly less goofy form. And GTA 4, I love the basic, like, I, th I thought the... There were some issues with the GTA 4 story, I guess, but the, the overall conceit of this is the immigrant who comes to America, has sort of has this image of the American dream. It gets corrupted. Right. He, he sort of falls into all the worst parts about what sort of the, the traditional um, notion of the American dream. And I thought that was a really cool thing to explore in a GTA game. It seems so fitting to that, that right. their whole thing. And then this game, I think, is fascinating because you back in Liberty City, same basic thing. It's another game about a sort of fallen American dream, except this, it's totally from a different angle. This is, you are this sort of once great outlaw kind of motorcycle gang. It's kind of the opposite angle. It's, these are the guys who were living the American, like they were sort of the height of the sort of outlaw edition yeah. of the right. American dream. And they're, they've just been on this slow decline forever. And you come in as they are just sliding down the, into just, irrelevancy and sort of pathetic existence like it's such a cool thing to explore it's so so much it's just preposterous to me how how much more interesting these these basic premises are than every other video game story like it's just i don't know the the guys at rockstar I, they really have some great stuff going on with, with just nailing that entire atmosphere and that whole yeah. that whole That's conceit cool. it's really cool and i, I would love to see if in further expansions to GTA 4, they continue exploring that that sort of notion of that sort of take on America from the perspective of, like, here we've got the immigrant group, then you've got these sort of classic outlaw sort of right. faded, Let's just the, cool... The sort of opposing force of various uh, exactly. cl cliched New York right. stories, yeah, yeah, basically. Exactly, yeah, I love it. It's like... And, and it's it's got that opposing source-style thing where... It, opposing source-style stuff where... Opposing source? <laughs> I can't talk. Opposing Sweet force mod. Where sometimes... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nico will like intersect with the story in, right. in, in yeah. ways that are sort of tip of the hat kind of stuff. I don't know. It's really good. I'm really, really pleased. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You completed it? No, not yet. Okay. I Dawn of War 2 happened. Dawn <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> of War 2 is one of those games where because it's got a, a multiplayer component, it's the kind of thing where I will never finish it, so it will just sort of exist right. in my life, demolishing well, all other games. You'll eventually finish it once everyone else eclipses you and starts raping exactly, you. Then, right. then it'll be time to put <laughs> yeah, it down. Right. So, but it's it's been a while actually since I was this into a multiplayer game. Um, this and Left for Dead are the only two multiplayer games in years and years that have actually yep. really just hooked me for for any meaningful length of time. So, uh, good job, Valve and Relic. Yeah. But it also means I frequently pass up on other games, even games that are awesome. So I will play more GTA this weekend. Sweet. Yep. So that's that. Yeah. I like that game. It's a good game. <laughs> we all agree. You know, it's really, this is something really weird and superficial, but did you happen to notice that 
like the lip syncing on Billy was really like extraordinarily excellent, and then the main character is just kind of wonky and off. <laughs> I didn't really notice that, but that's, that's it felt funny. like they were animated by two different people in the same scene. It was just bizarre. Wow, like one was completely on, and the other one was like, anyway stupid. Huh. No, I don't know. I didn't really. Know. I'll look out for that. But anyway, how about that Dante's Inferno? <laughs> oh God! Hey, how about Dante's Inferno? <laughs> you like you love that <laughs> game. It's becoming a joke. That's like all we have to say now. It's like, hey, about that hey, Dante's Inferno. Hey. <laughs> it's like that fucking ten-year-old penny arcade strip about Degatana. Yeah, <laughs> they just say it and yeah. laugh. Yeah, I yeah. really like how that strip has sort of slowly been corrupted over time. <laughs> I think it was on, I think it was on the old Idle Thumbs forums where someone scratched it out and put a different thing that was horrible, and then over the course of the two years of that forum's existence, that same strip got like bumped over and over again until <laughs> like four stricken out things that were the sort of retarded. Stupid meme. Ugh. Why did I talk about that? <laughs> I don't know. Jake tells a story. Anyway, remember memes. that strip? <laughs> meme talk with Jake Rockin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there there was a, a sort of reveal of some more Dante's Inferno bullshit, um, courtesy of like an exclusive Eurogamer trailer unveiling and preview thing. They were really happy about Dante's were, Inferno. They're yes. Eurogamers fucking into this game. Uh this week, they're going to tell you how into it they are. Yeah, the, over the course of this week. It's pretty interesting to me. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I'm just going to read some excerpts from this preview because I was, in, I was curious. Uh, you have to wonder why it, happened, why it hasn't happened more often. Plenty of games have been inspired by a good route around the library, but wholesale appropriation of literature has never been the done thing. Could EA then, not, not exactly known as a creative trendsetter, become just that with Dante's Inferno? Glenn Schofield, boss of EA's Dead Space-making Redwood Shores studio, has got the bug. You look around, and there are some books that I won't mention, but you go, wow, I wonder why they haven't made a game out of that before, he tells us. And I'm not mentioning them because I want to make games out of them, but this would be one of them. It's a great idea. It's brilliant. Then Eurogamer declares, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eurogamer. Thanks for agreeing that this, yes. is, this is brilliant. Like, Nobody's made a game out of a book before. Sometimes I just look at the Divine Comedy, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. Crazy that no one's made a video game out of this epic work of poetry before. Yep. I'm yep. interesting. I'm at this point like I'm not at all a fan of the of the God of War games. I've not really ever been able to get into them. It sounds like this is a competent enough game in that style. I just really wish that it wasn't yeah. Dante's Inferno. Like I mean, I think I think you seem just opposed to the entire concept, <laughs> head head to toe uh, of of everything about this game. I think it's, well, no, I think it's the, a ridiculous, goofy game. I don't care but it's just... the game they're making. I I just <laughs> think that Dante's Inferno is ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't give a shit. What I mean, they can make whatever game they want. Like, I, yeah, but I, the the just the fact that that they're actually basing it on this is is insane to me. Yeah, like, it's it's. I mean, it's it's exactly what you're going to expect. You're going to see videos of the modelers and the concept artists talking about how. Yeah, you, the, the ninth circle so of hell inspiring. is gonna be an ice level, <laughs> guaranteed. Isn't the, isn't the fucking thing about like frozen shit in the ninth circle of hell? Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it involves some sort of in, in twist, some sort of frozen evil. Yeah, and uh, it's guaranteed. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the the I wanted to mention something about the Eurogamer preview, which I thought was interesting. Was the, on the same day they published that, they published a prototype. Uh, preview, oh, yeah. which was uh, here. This is a very similar structure of the preview, starting off with the producer of the game or a producer on the game, sort of talking about their idea behind this, the concept. It's a really interesting and unique story, says Activision brand manager Steve Fuller. <laughs> to which Eurogamer declares, "No, it isn't." 
It's about a young male protagonist who wakes up in a research institute with no idea how he got there, who he is, or why he has loads of nutty powers all of a sudden. Your gamer just, like, dumps all over this game. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Dante's Inferno. Why hasn't anyone made a video game out of this before? We think it's brilliant. Yeah, like, that's, that's too bad. An interesting yeah, bad. dichotomy there between those two attitudes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Well, anyway. It happens when there's two different writers, but at the same time, yeah, you read both back to back and go, well... Well, these were literally next to each other oh, on the front page. Sweet. Yep. But uh, they also released a trailer. That oh, was, yeah. That was pretty oh, interesting. Man. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's it, got some smoke effects that I enjoyed. It's, yeah. It's got some smoke effects. It's got Dante fucking hurling a sword. Like, crazy fucking armored, muscular Dante, like, yelling and leaping and throwing a sword. And he'll do anything to save the one he loves. He'll go to hell. <laughs> he will. I heard that this game is in hell, actually. It's funny, actually. Eurogamer linked to a, a Commodore 64 game based on Dante's Inferno, of all things. That was a little, like, hilariously, actually, sort of accurate in that Dante is sort of just afraid of everything. And just, like, runs it. Like, if you get hit, you die. It's like you goes out of what? It's like Hugo's House of Horrors. Yeah, it's just like, you, you just sort of evade forever. And uh, it didn't look like a fun game at all. So I guess the, tra <laughs> I guess the so trade off. So there. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I guess the trade off is you either make a game that's that's not fun or you make a game that is probably pretty fun and sort of just rapes everything. I don't know. Maybe maybe there could be quotes from the Divine Comedy and then you form a chair out of clay cubes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say form a chain, no. like a combo chain, like a, yeah. out of like out of like couplets. No, I was I was sadly referring to the Peter, Peter Molyneux Emily Dickinson license GDC yeah. presentation from three no, years right. ago. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That look, could look that up and be inspired. Yeah, it could happen. Anyway, you were saying <laughs> the trailer reminded you of Brutal Legend. <laughs> I, I I was saying that back before we were recording. Yeah, I thought that that. The, the worm dudes with the teeth. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, there's all sorts of crazy imagery in this, because, I mean, uh, like, obviously, the actual sort of imagery of heavy heavy metal sort of draws on just weird, crazy versions of, you know, <laughs> like var various versions of the of afterlife and stuff. And yeah. stuff and like, oh, but yeah. the, the, the Dante's Inferno trailer and the Brutal Legend trailer both, like, one of them might be an ironic version, and <laughs> one of them might be Brutal Legend. Um, it's they, like they even it's just uh, it, it's yeah they both even start with the crazy like sort of overwrought film grain shot of like the sort of gilded gold ancient seal and, and yeah they have the crazy tooth monsters and it, one of them has Jack Black and one of them has Dante the tooth monsters it was crazy to me how identical they look yeah like yeah. all of a sudden yeah, Dante's yeah. Inferno turns into like a cartoon game yeah yeah, like, it's yeah. like these don't even look like they were made by the same like the same artists like <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! I don't know. It's yeah. It's weird that EA is making both of these things. Yeah, yep. they sure are. It would be a pretty sweet like Amazon two pack. <laughs> this is how they're cutting costs in the, uh, yeah. in the economic downturn. Yeah. <laughs> Double Fine and EA Redwood Shores are collaborating <laughs> on uh, Jack Black's Dante's Inferno. <laughs> it's space meets a heavy Fandango. metal adventure. Yeah. <laughs> in hell. Yes. I mean, do you think that there is a plan to actually just make three of these? I was wondering about what, that. Purgatorio and fucking. Paradise? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm wondering, just because it seems like with this sort of gratuitous, like, taking such extreme liberties of just, like, this idea seems like a thing that I can claim is from the source material, now it's fucking in a game! <laughs> and then you go to Paradise in the third one, but it's actually just, like, 
it's overrun by the demons of hell. And, you know, I mean, like, you, just, <laughs> right. you can just imagine that's actually, exactly I, what yeah. it is. And you've got to fight your way back for truth or whatever. And, right. like, and the second one is just, this is the sequel where we changed it to gray. <laughs> no, I can actually very much see that actually be the case. Where, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, I don't know. It just becomes painkiller, basically. <laughs> in Purgatory, yeah. everyone's always sort of like frozen in time. It's a sweet <laughs> effect where, you know, like when you freeze a guy in a game with a knight's <laughs> weapon, you hit him and they shatter. It's like that, but everywhere. It could be about time, stopping time. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I need another of those. I don't know. This goddamn game. Yeah. It's amazing to me. <laughs> We're going to talk about it every fucking week until it comes out. We're not going to do Disclaimer, that because we may not actually. If, if that happens, you will witness Chris being strangled to death <laughs> live on the podcast. Sweet. He loves this shit. Special video edition. Yeah, we'll web we'll webcast that live. It'll be it'll be gross. Sounds pretty gross. Yeah. You want to read a reader mail? Sure. We should read some. Yeah. From you, the readers of Idle Thumbs. What's up, readers? Uh, yeah. So if you have a question for us to, oh, yeah, to right. talk about, you can write us at questions at idlethumbs.net and we'll we'll talk about you. <laughs> Alright. So <laughs> that's the slogan. Kind of creepy. And we'll talk, we'll about, talk you. about you behind your back and then in not your, read oh, your right. question. But then also we'll read your question on the air and discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So actually a number of people wrote us to To, to say to <laughs> <laughs> This episode's boring as shit. Yeah. Uh, a Ugh. number of people wrote us to uh, to say Actually, they did patch in classical music support in no. the, at least the th oh in the console in both console versions of Burnout Paradise. So well done, Criterion Games. That was a good call. Um, <laughs> so you can now simulate that old eighties uh, <laughs> ad with the yeah, guy exactly. with the stubble beard who's rocking out, right. and then he gets pulled over and turns on classical music and shaves, and then gets out of <laughs> gets out of getting a ticket. So that's especially once the cops and robbers bullshit thing not actually bullshit right. sounds really cool once that dlc comes in it's uh get ready for that get ready for that youtube video also yeah when the norelco razor uh ad oh yeah there ad. is an ad for that in the game there is well i don't know if it's norelco but there's a razor ad in that game oh yeah sweet so well, i mean currently funny. anyway I'm all sure these, all these things are going to combine and <laughs> yeah. uh oh i you know i wanted to say about the game i really i really like the ads in that game because I only find myself noticing them like when I'm in just the most horrific, terrible wreck ever, which is the only time I'm that's not when the cinematic going, camera like, shows 200 you the... miles per hour. Right. Yeah, when my when my when my horrible burning wreckage of a car soars past like the Dodge Ram billboard, like I don't know, it's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I saw an ad. Or like, what? in fact, I think the there are Gillette ads. That's what it is. Okay, and there's Gillette vans that drive around, and sometimes I'll slam into those and see this just like wreckage of an ad on the side of this van, like spiraling over my car. It's pretty. Awesome. I saw a shared billboard for McDonald's and IGN guides. Like it looks like they both they both went in, which is like where you sometimes see an ad where it's like clearly the Burger King and like the Motel Six that share the same parking lot <laughs> right. bought and bought an ad on the <laughs> interstate. It, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. it looked like that, but it was yeah. for it was for McDonald's, the real restaurant, and IGN game guides. Like they, Ronald McDonald called up Rupert Murdoch and was like, "Hey man, you want to go in Havsies right. on the Burnout Revenge ad? I heard Obama put his stuff in there." Burnout Paradise. Burnout Paradise. I keep saying revenge. Yes, yeah. I, I do that a lot. Got revenge on the mind. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so another person writes. Uh. Oh my God, a Far Cry Two email. Uh. Who is this? Andrew Summer writes. 
Dear Idle Thumbs, I recently discovered your podcast and was quickly ensnared by the wonderful mix of intelligent video game commentary and poop jokes. Thank yeah, you. That's exactly <laughs> that's, what we that's, are. That's deliberate. That's what we love. We love poop. After Marathon Idle Thumbs uh, podcast blast cat, catching up on old episodes, I had to buy Far Cry 2. I've been meaning to play it for months. <laughs> that's the other thing we love. Oh, no. I've been meaning to play it for months, but other games just kept popping up and taking precedent. I know your readers are tired of hearing about it, <laughs> but I wanted to relate an experience I had with this excellent game, oh. he says. <laughs> what a relief. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that could have been really bad. Shit. Yeah. I played it for an hour. Fuck you. Also, you uh, laughed no too much. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, no. He likes In it. one episode, Chris spent several minutes talking about how Far Cry 2 has a dynamic story that's different during each playthrough. I wanted to check this out for myself, so playing for a couple hours, I started another game with a different character to see what's what. I wasn't shocked that the basic plot is the same, but what I found interesting was how different the details were. In the previous game, I rescued a woman who had me go blow up a truck full of supplies surrounded by CIA dudes or something. But when I played through the beginning the second time, I rescued a guy named Paul, who apparently was a deserter from the Israeli military. And according to him, uh, the dudes with the supply truck were, truck were Israeli special forces coming to take him back. That in itself isn't amazing. It's basically the equivalent of a pallet swap for the narrative. It's the same story wearing different clothes, but it's brilliant and it will keep things fresh if I come back to play the game again, but it isn't earth-shattering. What was really interesting was my reaction to the new story. I'd already played that part, so rather than take what Paul was saying at face value like I did on my first playthrough, I immediately uh, instinctively thought to myself, no, Paul, these are just some CIA guys. They aren't even after you, but I guess I'll take care of them anyway. Paul's character somehow suddenly turned into a paranoid mercenary who'd been in the bush too long and was seeing enemies everywhere. <laughs> This is That's great. pretty awesome. This is like the Gordon Freeman effect. Yeah. I'm guessing this wasn't the intention of the person who wrote those lines, but had I not already experienced the story in another context, I never would have drawn Paul's character in this way. I would have just taken what he said as true. What struck me is that my interpretation isn't really any less valid. To me, it made him a much more interesting character, and since he soon died in an explosion, whoops, I didn't get the chance to see if he was crazy or if they were really out to get him. I didn't care either. <laughs> it was an interesting plot point, and Paul gave my personal story with Far Cry 2 some context I was happy to embrace. That kind of thing can't be predicted by a designer, but the system they put in place allowed me to have that interpretation of the character that I might not otherwise have had. This is brilliant, and I hope the developers, I hope other developers learn from Far Cry 2 and try to do what it does, but better in the future. Um, sorry for the long email, but I also wanted to mention that I read Chris Remo and Brandon Sheffield's interview with Patrick Redding, and he was fantastic. Thanks. As a guy with an English degree, a shitty job at a bank, no real desire to write the next great American novel, and an interest in video game narrative, how do I put myself at Patrick Redding's feet and beg him for a job writing video game dialogue in his next project? Thank you for casting your pod, Andrew Summer. That was a rad email. Good job. <laughs> Especially um, where he told us we were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like that part most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part of his stuff is cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That goes back to a lot of what we were saying about the kind of simulation style yeah, of yeah, game yeah. design, where it's that's the kind of stuff yeah, that can it's, pop it's, up. It's also the sort of thing that you just don't notice unless you go and play a game twice, which <laughs> yeah, exactly. might not be a good thing, but it's also pretty awesome. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's both. That's a big, I mean, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's. That is the justification for that generative content. Not for everybody, but for some people right, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Elliot Centrella writes, How big is your audience? Or more specifically, in 2015, what percentage of gamers will care about game criticisms and academic questions such as ludonarrative dissonance? <laughs> that's... That's the whole email. I don't know. That's an, is that a reference to the PS3? Like, yeah, year of the year of the I, PS3? I think it might just be 20, 2015. It's in the future. It is in the future. Yeah. All of them will care. They will all care. <laughs> what do you guys estimate? That's my estimate. Yeah, estimation. I'm pretty sure that... 100%. At, yeah. th at that point, when developers are truly taking advantage of all aspects of the PlayStation 3... Uh, in 2015, <laughs> that's when it will Everyone be revealed. Will care about, uh, well, Ludo Narrative Dissonance Ludo -narrative will, be, will be unlocked 
It's an achievement. <laughs> It'll be a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> that's not quite what I meant, but yeah. Well, that's what I meant. You see, we have different interpretations based on our unique experiences with of, that statement. There's some sort of ludonarrative dissonance. Um, <laughs> that's true. You know, I don't think that, that is, that's a question that any of us are really qualified to answer. <laughs> I was hoping we could treat it like the price is right, and then we'll come back and, and see... <laughs> All right. Anyway, eight people. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry that we're lame <laughs> and are ruining your question. <laughs> I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Elliot. We don't know what to say. I'm sorry, it was nine. <laughs> <laughs> we like poop. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Jesus. Here's the next Let's email. Dip into the bag. I've been listening to the. I've been listening to the. <laughs> dip, a dip, a, in dip strategy into chocolate. Strategy chocolate. <laughs> don't. What are you doing? Nick is, is <laughs> motioning. He's sort of wag, wagging his dipping, hand around. Yeah. He's dipping. Sort of moving he's dipping it. Your hand is being like All a right. wet dog covered in strategy chocolate. Yeah. Next reader says, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. I started around the third episode or so, but I have not listened to all of them. Needless to say, I'm a big fan. So, of course, according to the internet, I'm obligated to give you suggestions and insist you start following them or I'll start a petition or something. Oh, shit. Here it comes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I've noticed that uh, you guys seem really concerned with the length of the show. Is this a technical limitation, too much editing, a podcast standard, or something else? To me, the longer the better. I hope I think they're too short sometimes. Also, there have been a few times when you cut off a discussion because you feel it goes on too long, such as Far Cry 2. I know that <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe not the best example. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Really. I know that I, for one, listen to the podcast for just that sort of thing. Hearing cool <laughs> stories about experiences in a game or any other. this is Look at all these shit that's tying together. We just gave this guy a cool experience someone talked to us about far cry 2 is yeah. amazing this is all these we're fucking totally readers are like every question on our wavelength listen this to week. this a second time and we'll say this about, <laughs> yeah, about right. uh, fallout 3 it's weird uh hearing cool <laughs> stories or any other random information is what makes the show interesting and different it shouldn't be cut off just my two cents one more thing jay allard to discuss thanks jay smith jay allard's pretty fucking <laughs> hardcore he's jay, a good he's jay a good man allard. yeah he's jay jay's, jay's pretty pretty crazy he's in a bmx event or something he's, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time you hear the sirens outside, that's actually because <laughs> people are afraid that Jay Allard is about to do something way too fucking extreme. He keeps one-upping himself. That's people getting out of the way. Yeah. He's, he's, there was that time that he leapt from a plane with a wingsuit, and then, you know, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> An exploding plane, sorry. Um, in terms of the length of the podcast, I think that we try to keep it short because we're afraid that we're going to become boring. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much it. That might happen sometimes. And sometimes it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as as cool as the idea sounds of hours of people being really interesting, I don't know if we're that interesting to begin with, so we will run out of steam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Next email here. Uh, Devin writes, have you ever heard of Unreal Gold? I have. It was the very first Unreal game there was on PC. It is awesome. You know, people who have heard of it may think it is gay. But you battle aliens and all kinds of things. Well, you get the idea. Time to go. Peace out, suckers. Devin. Is Unreal Gold? Is that just a, uh, like a clean up re-release of Unreal? <laughs> I think that was Unreal with the expansion or something. Probably. Anyway, Weird. that's cool. You shoot an alien. This guy has... Uh, I remember okay. thinking that the opening, like... Cutscene of Unreal was pretty sweet. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking weird. All right. I'm taking this at face value. The- Unreal sweet. You shoot an alien and stuff. You may yeah. think it's gay, but you battle aliens. I don't. What the fuck is it? I, I was sort of thinking it was gay. That's why I didn't play it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I never played it. Right. I, I, I watched, watched the first five games. minutes. <laughs> Let's move on. All, if all games where you battle an alien might be considered gay, gaming is <laughs> is in trouble. It's quite or yeah. likes other games of the same sex. It's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, Wes Ertelak writes, Hi guys, I enjoyed your discussion hey. last week with Scoops Gainer about, <laughs> hey, oh, about linearity versus freedom in game design. I'm pretty sympathetic to Scoops' point that open structure games are the best use of the interactive medium, but I do see a problem with open world game design. I was wondering what you thought. 
The problem is pacing. When I think a lot about when I think about a lot of my favorite games, like Far- like I'm sorry, Half Life Two, I can't stop. Oh no. Jesus! I tried oh. to uh, create a new reality for him. Like the second time I read it, one of the things <laughs> I really enjoyed about them is that the designers used their control over the ebb and flow of the experience to vary the tension in the gameplay. This kind of pacing seems really important to create engaging. Wait, what games he talking about now? Half-Life. Half-Life. He's talking about Half Life Two. Yeah. This kind of pacing seems really... He does bring up Far Cry 2 later. This kind of pacing seems really important to create engaging gameplay and seems difficult to create that variety while leaving everything in the hands of the player. I thought the checkpoint thing in Far Cry 2, for example, came out of this desire to give the open world a certain rhythm, and in, but in the end, it was just grating. Thanks, love the show, Wes Erdelec. I think that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I think you... It's, it's just... Uh, if you're looking for that in every game, you are you might be disappointed because, I mean, I don't think I don't think open world games are trying... To deliver a consistently paced experience. No, I think that's kind of his point. Okay, I mean, I thought that he said he doesn't he doesn't like that they're not delivering him a consistently paced experience, and I'm well, saying I, I don't think that they're trying to. No, I think he just thinks that's sort of a some a, a, inherent, a, a yeah sort of an inherent limitation in open world games that that's fine. Like they're not conducive to that. No, I, I know, I, but I th- I think it's a good point. I think that well, it goes back to what we were saying last week again. I mean, that's vague. Well, well, I mean, I don't know, know what we were talking that's about. clearly a point of, you know, I mean, that's something that could be improved with open world yeah. games and just in general, you know, if there was some kind of system that was, you know, sort of making sure that you... Oh, were, if, there, if there was an open world AI director? AI director, yeah, that's what we're talking about, yeah. So, it's I mean, funny, that's actually something, speaking of Valve and sort of the director and Half-Life 2 and all that, that's actually something that Valve is explicitly trying, tried to, that was a very direct goal that I talked to them about this a couple of years ago, that they were trying to achieve with Team Fortress 2 and Left 4 Dead which is how do we take mm-hmm. the kind of pacing that we have in our single-player yeah. games, how do we put that in either a multiplayer game or a co-op game? And for, and Half-Life, I'm sorry, Team Fortress 2, <laughs> with, Half-Life, uh, Team two Fortress. <laughs> a game with two in it, uh, basically um, Team Fortress 2, they tried to do it with basically sort of the moving checkpoint system yeah, and sort yeah, of the yeah. converging on the middle of the map and then creating an increasingly intense sort of uh, centered area of conflict. That was sort of their attempt to do that in... Team Fortress 2, and then obviously the director is how they attempted to do it in Left 4 Dead. And so. There's fucking Jay Allen again. There's Jay Allen. He's <laughs> fucking speeding by. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. He's about to eject <laughs> out with his jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might crash through my window yeah, and an extreme zooms display. across the city. <laughs> <laughs> Pink zooms. God, do you guys remember when all the zooms shut down? Yeah. That, was, that was an amazing thing. Yeah. Like, that, that was an incredible thing to happen. Like, at a certain second. Fucking every, every like, zoom dies. <laughs> yeah. like, what? They're becoming self-aware. Like, what the hell? Jay Allard appears on all the screens. <laughs> they hate themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, yeah. I'm so, zoon. fuck it. Thirty <laughs> percent of zoons were thrown out <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, half. Uh, God, I can't talk at all. Valve is trying to uh, half life. Far Cry Two dress that. I want to work at Half Life. That's like what people call Apple Mac or right. Samus Metroid. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, yeah. Mm. So it's cool that they are that they are actually uh, yeah trying to take that attitude to. Uh, I mean, I, Valve obviously has never done anything remotely like an open world game, and probably won't uh, anytime soon. But but uh, it, it's interesting to see them trying to take the the concept of single player esque pacing to other arenas. It's a pretty cool area to explore, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um all right. Uh Quentin Bakey's writes, uh Nick's review is very encouraging. Uh, I think he's talking about Dawn, Dawn of War, of War two. Here. Yeah. Um but I've been making a lot of posts I've been reading a lot of posts from people claiming the single player AI isn't very good. Um and that the game is more focused on the multiplayer component than the single player campaign. Uh both of these opinions seem to be at odds. 
uh, with your glowing impressions. So I was wondering if you had any further impressions on the game. Uh, being that the single-player campaign is what I'm most interested in, I'm particularly concerned about the AI complaints. Uh, great show, guys. So I don't really agree with that. But AI specifically? You know, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it's more of a, I mean, in terms of the level structure, I'm not really sure the AI, you know, is the focus. I no, mean, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, I don't think it's, it's, it's as a, relevant. It's, yeah, I mean, they're designing, it's more or less like a, you know, a, I wouldn't say it's a linear level because typically you have several different, you know, yeah. options. But but it's it's almost structured like, you know, just any other, uh, God, I don't know, like a just a shooter level or Diablo, not not Diablo so much, but you know, you start out and it's like a dungeon. It, it, you know, it's more or less like a dungeon. Well, with it's sort of different... like what Diablo would be like if it wasn't randomly generated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sort of yeah, yeah. they try to position in fact, guys in a way where some of the guys are positioned merely yeah. to be to sort of be meet shields, and then I think other times you'll enter an arena where there are dudes behind cover in ways that actually require you to flank yeah. and use. And I there's mean, almost always a, a you know a, a goal, whether it be a boss or something right. you have to capture. Um, actually, I think one of the, the the weak points of the game is that there you know the levels aren't randomized. At a certain point, you know, after you played for twenty thirty hours, yeah, you start um, seeing the same you start stuff. seeing the same maps. Yeah. You know, quite often it's it's too bad that there you know there's not more variety, but you know, AI. You know, no, I didn't mind the AI at all. No, it, yeah. And I use I, I will I, I will say I usually don't like AI in games is not something that usually irritates me. Like I. I don't. I don't know. People. I feel like people take issue with AI a lot, which is fair enough. Like it's definitely something that has to improve. But also, like I don't really. There are very so few games that do it well that it's not really something I feel is worth holding it, well, up at this point as yeah. like an expectation. It's like well, just kind of a thing. I don't know that people design the game around the AI. It I think has. you're seeing. Yeah, I think you're seeing games that are you know clearly like like fear where, you know, they tout the AI as a feature and then other, you know, the rest of the games just sort of like, you know, basic AI. There's AI you. in this game. Right. Of, yeah. 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 A but dude I mean, will shoot you. Dawn of War clearly is not, I mean, you know, it's, it's like we're saying it's Diablo, but I will say in empire, <laughs> like I was saying in empire, total war though, they, um, they've done a lot of work on the AI and it actually is pretty impressive. I mean, it, cool. the, um, the way that, you know, typically in past total war games, you would just, you know, pretty much march your armies up and, you know, the AI would sort of stick to its plan and you would just collide and it was fairly uh, boring. But now it'll it'll sort of react to what you're doing and, and kind of, you know, if you're coming down through, you know, a, you know uh, if you're trying to flank him, they'll sort of adjust. And, and um, But actually what they'll do is, you know, until you sort of make a choice that forces it into a corner, it will stick to its sort of battle plan as if it was like, you know, as if there's like an actual general, you know, who had a battle plan, you know, we're going to, you know, do this and try and, you know, force you into this avenue and until you actually do something that surprises it, it won't it won't sort of change. So I mean, so it's it it actually tries to enact a strategy. Yeah, it tries to enact a strategy until it has to on a very very basic level. Yeah, dudes here, I'll go there. Yeah, until That's it cool. ends. So Nick's to Nick's abridged review is by Empire Total War instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're, I mean it. I think you'll see pretty decent AI in something like StarCraft. But, I mean, Dawn of War, that's just not the focus. It's just a different type of AI. Like, the type of AI that's yeah, in StarCraft is more of that very reactive AI. Like, right, which I think is probably what, if you haven't played Dawn of War, you might not game, realize that, that Yeah, you know. the smaller scale of the game, the less, you know, sort of mastermindy the AI has to be. Like, I don't really know what kind of grand plans the AI would have room to enact in Dawn of War. Like, it's such mm -hmm. a small scale game. Um, all right, so... I mean, you, you know, I actually thought of a, a, a guilty pleasure, which is like from two episodes ago. Oh, really? What is it? Uh, Earth Defense Force. Oh, yeah. Is, I mean, I didn't really play that. Like, I guess well, it's like the classic guilty pleasure game, but I mean. Yeah, I think that game would sort of 
explicitly designed right, to be as, that kind of game. That. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like Starship Troopers. We, we you know just I mean? sort of put big-ass fucking sprites for the yeah. weapon. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Yeah. But you know you want to blow up some ants. <laughs> <laughs> for like 50 levels. Yeah, that was a good co-op game. Sweet. That's cool. I, I played it at a press event and then I didn't no, no, it's, it's pretty fun. That. You uh, felt guilty in co-op. <laughs> I felt totally guilty. Split screen support. Nice. For, for those Split who screen immediately is, is a winner. Wondering. Yeah. Sweet. Good times. Uh, I think that's a, an internet pod. Probably it is. So, yeah, just one more time. If you have questions uh, or a reader mail of any sort, just write us at questions at idlethumbs.net and we will yeah. we'll talk about it. If you don't, it. we have even more shit to read next week that we didn't get to this week. Yeah. Cool. So thanks for listening to the internet. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Hey, video games. <laughs> video games. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, I got back from Dice the other day, which is the uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jake, Jake is, is doing his customary yeah. customary yeah. derailing, yeah. <laughs> like based on absolutely nothing. He didn't already. even have anything to say that time. It's, it was just <laughs> Dice. <laughs> It sounded like the start of a stand-up routine. <laughs> so, I was... Uh, I got back with Dice the other day. Boy, am I tired. <laughs> Let me tell you about Dice. <laughs> Take my Dice. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, we're at Dice. We need to do a footnote for Big Bird's Bones. Bullshit 